Good evening and welcome to Los Fumar Takes. This is our 242nd take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azel, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. The coalition is at it again. The group, the band, bring them all back together again. We're going to have a fantastic show with some of my favorite people. And yes, I actually mean it this week. Actually, I mean it every week. But before we get to formal introductions of these esteemed gentlemen and my guests of honor tonight, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. That, of course, is our sponsors. And tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. Drew Estate has announced its innovative new concept, the Acid Variety 3-Pack. Yes, for all of you acid smokers wanting to dive into new uh, new uh, types of cigar smoking, and for all of you normal, traditional cigar smokers who want to dabble in non-traditional cigars, Acid Variety is born for you. Yes, Acid Cigars Variety 3-Packs at the total... Product Expo were showcased this past week, specifically designed to both broaden the palate of acid cigar smokers and traditional uh, uh, cigar smokers for the full Drew Estate product portfolio. The Acid Cube Variety 3-Packs also present on-the-go consumers with tremendous value. For the price of two, Acid Cuba Cubas purchasers receive three cigars with a free Undercrown Shade cigar included in the pack. The specifically selected cigar inside the Cube Variety 3-Packs are all Robustos 5x54 and packaged inside resealable fresh packs with a Boveda humidification pouch to ensure that they remain fresh at all times. So check out the Acid Cube Variety today at Drew Diplomat Retailers and wherever you can find Drew estate products are sold today that's acid kubriety all in robustos all the time smoke non-traditional and traditional at once it's the drew estate way so anyway welcome everyone this is our 242nd take it is my pleasure my privilege my honor to introduce tonight's guest sponsored by united cigar smoke one today start living united misters will cooper aaron nelson ben lee gentlemen how we doing tonight amazing glad to be back Welcome, welcome, welcome. Doing well. Good to see you, gentlemen, as always. Coop, is, uh, Coop you are not in the Perdomo, Perdomo uh, uh, studios because you've been like on the move constantly for like the last like month, I think. Oh, no audio. Yeah. Amateur move. Look I'm, at that. I'm back. I'm back in the. Uh, it's like he's never done this before. Right. I know. But uh, I'm back in the Magic City of Miami. Um, so I'm not far actually from Perdomo headquarters actually, but, um, yeah, this is the end of a, I have like about three more days down here and then we, my last trip for a while is going to be our trip to, uh, the great smokes. I'll be back. We'll be back here in a few weeks again. Man, this is the most traveling you've done. Um, I mean, I mean, definitely since COVID, but I mean, like, I mean, this, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, even in back in like 2019, I don't think I've ever remember like a three or four week stretch like this for you. This was this has been pretty busy for you. Yeah, this has definitely been busier. Uh, there was two festivals, um, and that was a lot. I think it was a little too much to do that. Uh, it's it's going to burn my vacation for the year. That's for sure. In the, like, the first <laughs> two months, uh, but um, you know, I'm kind of glad to be back in Miami for sure. I always like it down here, so. And uh, like I said, I think pretty much, I, we, you know, as far as cigar travel goes, it's going to be great smoking and PCA. So it's going to get a little easier after this. That's true. So 86 degrees in Miami where you're at. You're enjoying the air conditioning. Uh, Aaron's enjoying the yep. heating of his garage. Uh, with yep. a, It's a balmy 40 degrees outside. Right. 
Yep. Ben, Ben, it's it's finally warmed up for you and I. It's I think it's about the same temperature. I think mine's like 50, 50 degrees outside. Yeah, it's fifty three exactly here right now. It's perfect weather in the mountains. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Well, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We are going to have a little bit of fun. Uh, this was kind of advertised as a. Uh, um, kind of an irregular show uh i wanted i didn't want to take away from the round table that we have so i thought we could bring something all different to the table uh so some so wanted to kind of dive right in here to the concept of it so normally on uh normally on the smoky syndicate round table we we smoke the same cigar do the same thing kind of give our thoughts on everything so i thought we'd do something different so all of us are bringing something different to the table today so uh, we'll kind of kick things off, Coop, because I know you're uh, you're starving. So <laughs> yep. why don't you tell us what you're going to be uh, reviewing tonight? Well, um, I'm not smoking a cigar tonight because of the, uh, you know, the uh, draconian smoking laws in hotels. Um, so, you know, I decided to go with the thing I do best is I eat. So I am going to be <laughs> reviewing a a four course uh, selection from one of my favorite places, uh, Ben's Deli, Ben's Kosher Deli from Boca Raton. So I have four items I will be reviewing tonight. Ooh, this um, is right. And uh, Ben's Kosher Deli is a, ch- is a small chain up in New York. That is one of my favorite places. And um, I have four, four things. I don't think I'll be able to finish all four of them, but uh I'll review those and give you my thoughts on those. But I think some of the stuff may, there's one thing I think that people haven't seen before that, that uh, and some of the other stuff may be a little more familiar. Have you had all four things before? Yes. Okay. So these are, yes. these are, these, these are, are well, okay. Well, okay. I haven't had them from Ben's before uh, two of these things. So I'll tell you which. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, two are new to you. Okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah. 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 But I've had them before. What I'll say is I've had them before, but not necessarily from Ben's telling. Some gotcha. sort of things. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Aaron, what are, what are you uh, what are you reviewing tonight? Yep. So, in keeping with the um, sponsorship and your United Cigars, um, I'm going tonight with the Alfonso. Um, and in fact, I'm going with the Alfonso Extra Anejo Number Six, the Nine by Fifty. So, damn. Um, I am. Um, in four let's see how long this uh takes me now if this were coop this would probably be a three-hour smoke i can probably work <laughs> down in no time so we'll see how long it takes me but um, right. for the low price of like i think fifty dollars per cigar uh it can be yours too um so looking forward i've had this uh this alfonso in other vitolas this will be the first time i've had the nine by fifty so looking forward to uh Giving this my best shot tonight. Nice. Is this your first uh, time smoking that Vitola? This Vitola, yes. Awesome, awesome. Looking forward to yeah, getting your thoughts on it. Ben, what about you? What are you reviewing tonight? <clears throat> I'm reviewing something that's pretty cool. So, of course, given you know my studio sponsor, I thought it would be really cool to smoke this. And this is the Tatawahi event-only cigar, the Halloween Pumpkin. Um, it's a three pack you get at the event. I picked this up at the Tatawai event in Michaels of Yulis. And I'll show the cigar here. I'm gonna pull it out of here. They're all cellophane inside, but that's the cigar itself. There, it's a Robusto. It's like a, nice. I think it's like a four and 
seven eighths by fifty or something like that. Connecticut broadleaf Nicaragua binder and filler. That's about all I know about it. That's my cigar of the night. Nice. They're pretty good. I want to be doing something a little weird as well. Um, I thought this would be interesting. Normally, I give my guests the uh, the ability to choose. So I, but I wanted to head and do something different tonight. So I'm actually going to be smoking two cigars. Uh, not quite simultaneously, but almost. I kind of want to get a lay of the difference. Obviously, there's different tobaccos involved, but they have uh, some similar, similar. Uh, let's call them tendencies, uh, and look and feel. I suppose. I enjoy these cigars both tremendously. So I have here a Aromacraft Cro-Magnon uh, Black Irish. Mm, very good. And that I just have... came up today in discussion, too. It was kind of funny. Cool. We can hear about that in just one second. Here's yep. the second cigar, though. The Blackwork Studio Green Hornet. Mm. Another good one. So, uh, of course, the, uh, uh, the um, Cro-Magnon is a Broadleaf and Candela wrap cigar with Cameroon binder and Nicaraguan fillers. And the Green Hornet is an Ecuadorian Maduro wrapper uh, with Nicaraguan uh, binders and fillers. So uh, completely two different types, you know, different types of tobaccos kind of making that, you know, the kind of similar look with the use of the Candela and being really creative with it. Uh, yes, I've had both of these cigars before. Um, I enjoy them both thoroughly. Um, and I thought I would smoke them side by side to just see, uh, what kind of differences I could pick up in them and have some fun with it. So that's going to be my journey tonight. So what, why, what, uh, what came up about the black Irish group? Um, I was, you know, Bo, our friend Bo, right? Yeah. It's risky. Mm-hmm. Yep. I saw him today. I went over to smoke in and hang with him. And we were talking about the black Irish and the Don Bosco. So the Don Bosco is the candela with the, with the uh, broadleaf accents. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the inverse of what you have. Yes. And we were just talking how those cigars are just so different. I mean, it was, you know, uh, you know, it's just amazing. It was almost like, I'll hate to say it. It's almost like night and day. The Black Irish, I think, is one of the best cigars that, that Romacraft's done. And the Don Bosco, frankly, is one of the weakest I think he's done. Um, so it was kind of an interesting discussion we had on that today. Yeah, I wasn't. I, oh, the, the, I'm with you, Coop. The Don Bosco was, I actually happened to smoke one of them. And, and I think anybody Skip even said that, too. You know, he, he didn't think it was one of the better cigars he's done. Yeah, I would say it's probably one of the weaker in the portfolio that I've had for sure. Yeah. And I, yeah. I like most of that stuff. So, um, but anyway, I just thought uh, it would be an interesting kind of uh, yeah. experiment tonight and uh, could have fun. Hey, but, hey, Bear. Um, hey, Bear. One yes. thing. Should I, should I say what I'm kicking off eating with first? Yeah, I was just I... about to say. And then when okay. you tell, after you tell us that, Coop, I'll let you pick which one I light up first. How about that? Okay. All right. Cool. So, just so folks don't, I have, I'm going to hold this up here so you can see. I'm starting off with uh, what's called matzo ball soup. I don't know if folks have heard of it, but you can see. Um, it's a little hard to get this on the camera. I, I don't want to spill it is the problem, but um, there you go. Cool. This is quality right, podcasting so, right so here. What this, is, what this is, this is a chicken soup, and it's got this big cornmeal dumpling in it. It's called a matzo ball. Um, this is a, uh, a really like a good Jewish deli uh, thing to have. And... Um, I will be having this soup first. Is that one of your staples when you go to a Jewish deli? The matzo ball. Um, yes, but I have not had the matzo ball soup from Ben's. Ben's ever before. Okay, so this is one of the first ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the first two items I haven't had from Ben's. The second two items I have. Yep. 
but uh it's a it's a matzo ball soup is when when um like i said my grandmother used to make it on uh, my uh, my dad's mother um so it is a it's extremely good i know i know yeah i know it's one of your like one of your standbys just because it's yep. like family tradition yep. for years and stuff yeah i wondered if you would go with benstein or if you were going to go to wawa nah i've had wawa several times and since i went uh, up to Smokin' and Boynton Beach, I actually was near Ben's. So it made sense to go there. Nice. Um, I was th- debating, the other place I was debating going to was VNS Italian Deli, which is also in Boca, but I, I didn't think I could do enough variety there. That's why I think this was the best option. Nice. Yep. Terrific. All right, Coop, what am I, which one am I lighting up first? All right, uh, give me, just run them down so I don't forget again. I know we had the Black Irish. Black Irish and the Green Hornet. Uh, let let's keep what what we um since I, we had that discussion today let's just go with the black the black irish all right sounds good yeah okay, let's do i it. thought i had missed a couple normally you have like six or seven lately so I no like, i just wanted to smoke these two side by side so yeah, yeah i normally have like three at least so uh but but uh um Aaron, uh, Ben, you guys both have the, have had the Black Irish, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I've had a ton of them. I love them. I think we have a review up on uh, Smoking Syndicate of it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was last year. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a. I I love I love both of these cigars. I think they're fantastic. So I thought it would be like that's why I thought it'd be fun to kind of smoke them side by side, just to kind of get uh, the full uh, full yep. appreciation for both of them. Absolutely. Um, but uh, um, as I kind of light up here, so wanted to give uh, our other guests a couple of opportunity. Coop, uh, you've been traveling quite a bit and everything, but uh, and since you're eating some food, I thought we'd uh, give our other guests a chance to uh, have some yeah. shameless plugs for food as well. Ben, uh, Ben's Deli is not your restaurant, but you kind of do have a restaurant on wheels. Uh, tell us a little bit about Voodoo Room, man. Um, I'm stu- I'm super stoked, man. I'm super stoked for this. I love following you guys on it, and uh, I can't wait to to sample some of the fare you guys have. Yeah, so um, since we moved up up to Asheville, there's a huge lack of, of Cajun and Creole food. So we we actually bought a food truck that my oldest son and my cousin actually. Uh, they run it, and it's, ba- it's called Voodoo Roo, and it's it's a New Orleans street kitchen. So it, but we pretty much has most of the food we grew up on. But right now we're it's uh, mainly po boys like shrimp and, and uh, catfish and and Dewey sausage. But we got seafood and and Cajun gumbo. So basically, it's Creole and Cajun gumbo. So Creole is more. New Orleans and kind of South, which deal is it's mostly seafood. It's only seafood. Cajun gumbo uses mostly meat because it's a little bit more of in, in the central and northern areas of Louisiana. So it's you know it's any kind of meat. You know usually chicken or duck, rabbit, you know whatever with usually andouille sausage, and that's that's kind of the differentiation between the two. Um, we'll plan on having specials like, you know, jambalaya, shrimp, etouffee, shrimp creole, stuff like that. Stuff we all kind of grew up eating. Um, and we also cook beignets, which I don't know if people don't oh, know. God what bless you. A beignet is a French donut. So if you've ever been to New Orleans, you probably have had them. 
but they're just a really light, fluffy, airy donut with um, basically powdered sugar on the top of them. And they're fantastic. I, I love them. They're, they're really light, you know, really good donut, but they're really light. So they're not too heavy. Um, that's kind of it. I mean, we, we do chicken wings too, because, you know, when kids come up to the truck with their parents and they sometimes don't want, you know, any of the spicier food or, or whatever, we you basically have chicken wings, you have Weaklings. a plain or, or whatever, or, you know, we, we have a, a, what's called a voodoo sauce, which is kind of like a, a sweet and hot spicy sauce. And so you can get all the different things voodoo style and stuff. And we had the wings got regular, you know, regular plain and Buffalo and voodoo style. That's kind of what we got going right now for our first truck. That's what we're doing. The camera just got me like slurping. Yeah, I know. It's just like you, you can't, you can't, you can't beat this type of television, man. This is good. I know, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> uh, okay. So I, I really, I, I think that's, that's really interesting that there's a distinction because I would I would have put Creole and Cajun kind of as the same thing. It's yeah, it's close. It's close. It, the only the only really main difference is kind of the meats. I mean, basically, Creole is is uh is French African kind of a mixture, a little bit of Spanish, where basically. Cajun is more strictly French influence with just kind of like country cooking almost in a way. Okay. Interesting. Well, um, I've, I've been stoked following it. You guys can check out the, you can check out the official Instagram page on uh, Voodoo, uh, Voodoo Roo. Uh, and it's, the food looks awesome. And if you're ever in the Asheville area, Check out uh, check out the locations where they're uh, going to be at because uh, the food looks absolutely legit. I can't wait to try it. Baby. Yeah, same here. Excuse. I'm going to just make a day trip up there. No kid, I might have to fly in just for it. So, um, <laughs> but uh, Aaron, as you uh, as you do typically rock the rock and vodka sign and everything, I, we haven't really heard much about the product and everything. Um, and um, just tell us a little bit of the background and and uh, how you and your family got into it. Yeah, so as viewers may or may not know my father is the uh guitar player for the band cheap trick and uh he was approached by semi-local um we're from out west of of um downtown so rockford which is about uh, 60 miles ish west of the city and um some kind of entrepreneurs were looking to go to market with um what would be considered, I guess, in, in some form or fashion, boutique vodka. And this one is unique in a sense that it's made from sugarcane. Um, so different type of, of vodka, as you know, a lot of people are probably used to potato or, or weed or whatever the case may be. Um, this one is uh, sugarcane. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting because, you know, in the liquor space right now, you know, whether, you know, Fair amount of time ago, um, you know, Padro, uh, Patron, the tequila, you know, was sold, and that was, you know, famously um, one of the higher end tequilas. And then, you know, Sammy Hagar did, you know, his Cabo Abo tequila, and then I think uh, Ryan Reynolds did a gin, 
And so I think they were trying to maybe capitalize a little bit on the the idea that some of these boutique, if you will, uh, liquors were coming to market. And so uh, they involved my dad. Um, so he's part of it. My family's part of it. My brothers are are doing a lot of the social media pieces of it. They uh, we advertise in that regard. And then recently, um, you know, from a distribution standpoint, I think they've been, you know, my dad is is friends with Sammy Hagar. So tapping into that a little bit. And then Rachel Ray uh, from, you know, the Food Network and her different pieces, her, her husband, John and her um, have gotten kind of behind the brand as well. So it's been around now for a year plus, but it's now really taken off. So for the people in the Chicagoland area, you can get at Binnie's, um, but it's going to be coast to coast eventually, probably within 2023. Um, so they're excited about it, right? I mean, obviously their brand rock and vodka, um, kind of a play on my dad being in the rock and roll industry. Um, so yeah, we're excited about that. And then he also has, which he's had for, gosh, it's gotta be 15 years. Don't quote me on the exact time frame. He's got a, a restaurant in Chicago called Peace, P-I-E-C-E. Um, it's a pizza restaurant, uh, obviously, uh, it's New Haven style. So it comes out on cookie sheets. Uh, it's fantastic. I'm not a deep dish guy. I mean, I'll eat deep dish, but you know, Chicagoland's obviously famous for the deep dish pizza, but this is New Haven style. It's the largest grossing uh, non-chain pizza restaurant in Chicago. So they wow. got really, really lucky about 15 years ago. Again, don't call me an exact time frame, but uh, you remember the show Real World on MTV? Well, oh, of course. Real World Chicago the house that they filmed it at was ended up being right across the street. End up, they opened up peace, and about two months later, Real World Chicago was the house. So then, a couple of cast members started, you know, work for a, a very short period of time at Peace. Uh, kind of hit the ground running, and then you know the product speaks for itself. So it's it's done really well, and so uh, yeah, he's part of that. And then lastly, they're building. Um, my dad's building in conjunction with the uh, Hard Rock Casino. We're opening a Hard Rock Casino in Rockford of all places. Um, so it's right off I-90. So if you take O'Hare and just go straight West, get to Rockford, it's going to be right off uh, the highway there before you get up into Wisconsin. They're going to have a giant, like a lot of hard rocks do a giant guitar um, and uh, a casino. So my dad stays busy outside of, of touring, has his uh, hands in a couple different uh, ventures in and around food and obviously alcohol and gambling, you know, three <laughs> things, three things that, uh, I would probably take all the profits from if I were um, so inclined, but uh, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, Hard Rock Cafe in Rockford. I mean, it's, it's definitely apropos. Yeah. Who doesn't want to, you know, wear a sweatshirt, you know, back in the day, it was like Hard Rock Paris, Hard Rock London. Who doesn't want one that says Hard Rock Rockford? I mean, come on. Just I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember this being like the in vogue thing, man. And like, like it was, it was like, really cool when my sister got one of those t-shirts like secondhand of course like like neither of us went to a hard rock cafe until we were like in our 20s right but like yeah she got she got a one like a, a used one secondhand i think it was like hard rock tokyo or something like that it was just like the coolest thing yeah and the know? cool part about uh, every when i go um when i go with travel for work or sometimes pleasure when i i oftentimes will go to the hard rock in that local city because my dad's got memorabilia in all of them um, so I'll, oh, I'll, that's cool. I'll, I'll go to a hard rock and find his guitar and 
you know, snap a picture of it just to have it and put it on Instagram or whatever the case may be. So yeah, he's got Tokyo, Paris, I mean, everywhere, all the different hard rocks he's got guitars in. So it's pretty cool. It's really cool that that chain still like is kicking it and doing things like, and it's still relevant. Like that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's cool that your dad's involved with it. Nice. Nice. Well, good stuff. Well, let's uh, go into tonight's uh, major point, which is always brought to you by the people. Yes, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back from the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins. Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P, Protocol Cigars. Well, gentlemen, we told we said that this was going to be an irregular night, so I uh, wanted to kind of kick things off with a little bit of some uh, weirdness. But before we do that, um, I mean, it sure, it sure sounded good, Coop. Uh, I mean, how's the matzo ball soup uh, treating you so far? Well, it's there's two, you know, there's the matzo ball and the broth. Now, the broth is a little weaker from a chicken standpoint than I prefer. So from that standpoint, it's, you know, I've had better broth with it. However, the matzo ball itself is really good. It's got just a touch of spice to it when that cornmeal. So what the broth is lacking, the matzo ball is actually bringing to the table. Um, so I would give this a, a positive rating so far. But if it had a richer chicken broth, this thing would be off the charts. Is, so is it – okay, I've I've actually – I if I've had matzo ball soup, I can't remember, Coop. Right. Um, I'm totally open to it. Is it – is it a is it comparable to kind of chicken and dumplings, but not as rich because it's in a soup rather than like 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 a gravy? Um, it's the like thing. I'm talking about the matzo ball itself. Forget the soup for yeah, a second. It, I guess it's a the, little. It's a little. I'm gonna just hold the, some up to the camera here, so hopefully people can see it. Um, of course, I can't get it. Um. Why is this not doing what it wants to do for me? Um, hang on. You need like a splatter yeah. shape. There we go. There, there we go. So you can see it's a little more. The light's killing it, but it's a little um, airy. So it's not as it's not as like it's not like a noodle. This okay. is like cornmeal. Um, so it, it's a little more airy. So it's kind of like, but it's not. It's like think of cornbread dipped in something, but but lighter. Okay. That's what this is, yeah. So and it's it's pretty yeah, it's pretty big. It's a big there's a big it's I'm sorry the camera doesn't really do it just there and there's go. some noodles in here too, yeah. And noodles, okay. Yeah. Um so like I said, I I've had better matzo ball soup, but um this is still, you know, I'd give this a positive rating. It's just if, if I like that chicken broth, it'll be really, really chickeny. It's kind of where I go with it. What's uh? I mean, what's like? What's the best matzo ball soup that you've ever had? Since this this obviously f fell short of what you typically um, like. there you know there actually is a uh, a place called Katz's Deli in Charlotte that I would say has a better matzo ball soup. Um, so that's the that's the one Jewish deli in Charlotte. Obviously, it's been a long time since I had my grandma's, so I really can't say that as well. So, um. And then there's, you know, if you go to some places like in Brighton Beach, Brooklyn, you can find some pretty good matzo ball soup as well. Is that but, you Cat's know, Deli a, um, 
like a franchise of the original in New York City? It's it's just got the same name. It's 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 okay. not yeah, it's not the franchise, but it's the one I want to take you to when you go to Charlotte. It still it still holds its own. The one in Charlotte. There, um, Ben used to live in Houston, so I don't know if you ever went there. But Ziggy's Delicatessen. No, um, I found out about that after I had moved away. Actually, yeah. So yeah, Ziggy's would be very comparable to Cax's uh, in New York. Okay, and that's a very yeah. It's a high compliment. That's a well. That's a very well known chain. Yeah. Um, but like I said the cats is in Charlotte. That is it. That's the only place I know where I can get things like matzo ball soup and a couple of the other things I'm going to show tonight. Nice, nice. Yep, yep. How's that? Uh, how's the Alfonso treating you, Aaron, so far? Good. I don't know if you guys have. I believe everybody on the on the panel has smoked this. So the, the interesting thing, I, I mean, so the Alfonso is great. What, what I get off the, I don't know, say half inch into it, it's it's medium at most right now. Um, it's kind of got a sweetness to it, and it's got. Typically, I don't like earthiness, but this has got kind of a light earthiness to it, which it's enjoyable. Um, so, you know, just into it so far. But the, the Alfonso, if you haven't smoked it, again, I know the price point's high, so it's not going to be, you know, available for everybody. But, you know, on a special occasion, I would highly recommend getting picking up an Alfonso. I, I think thus far, don't know yet, but I, I think I prefer it in a little bit smaller Vitola. But we'll see what this uh, kind of transitions into. Did you get a box? <laughs> of course he got a box. <laughs> no, no. I, I looked at the price of the box of, of $1,300. I, I decided I would go with single. <laughs> That's why he went with the 10-pack. <laughs> yeah. I've never had that, Aaron. I'm, I think I'm the only one of the group that hasn't had it before. I think you'd like it, Ben. I mean, it, it's good. I mean, it's higher end. I mean, it's like a – it's not like a Davidoff, but, I mean, you're going to get – Kind of the similar type qualities of a of a Davidoff. Um, I think you'd like it. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. I'll check it out soon. It's got a nice sweetness to it. What about the pumpkin, Ben? Now, this is a cigar that I've only had two before this. I got one from Jay Davis, and I got another one from my friend Lou Cross, and they've all been amazing. Now, this one is from the you know, 2022 batch from the, the last event that, you know, I said they had at Michael's, this thing is really freaking good. They've all been really good. Um, this one's got a nice sweetness to it. Some breadiness, some a little bit of earthiness, black pepper. Um, it's got a little hint of cocoa too. It's really good so far. I, I just, I like the intermix so far and I'm, I'm not that far into it, but it's got a nice mix of, sweetness and a little bit of spice it's it's really nice so far i'm really really enjoying this cigar i i've always really enjoyed the that i've had a few of them over the years um i thought i just think it's really good i'm wonder if you ever will actually you know take it to a more you know more national release or something or if you just like to keep them on hand as an event cigar so We'll I don't know, man. I, I would like to have more of these, be honest, but it's it's kind of cool that you can only get these at events. You know, it, it kind of gives it that little bit of excitement that when you go to an event, you can go you can get a three pack of these, right? So 
Oh. It's, I don't know. I kind of like it having like, been like it's a little special cigar, you know. Now, Ben, am I wrong? And and maybe I'm thinking of a different band, but I swear, like on the, it, I, I don't think it was a TPA pack, like a, a a CSA sampler pack or something had a pumpkin in it. One of the the, um, like event, not event packs, but like you know, like PCA will come out with a, a sampler pack. I thought it was in like a. Oh, I think it was in a CRA pack. CRA. It was, in, it, it was in a. Yeah, it was in a CR, It was in a CRA right. pack. Yeah. Yeah. I had it. I had it there, and I enjoyed it. You know, it's surprising because most event cigars are pretty underwhelming. Um, but I have had that cigar, and it's very good. Yeah, this is outstanding. The the Illusion yeah. uh, event only cigar is freaking really great. Yeah, too. yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. Um, oh, the LFD one. LFD, I like yeah. the LFD is fantastic too. I really like those three. Are really, what, really what was awesome. the LFD one called? It had some like weird name, like the unknown no, cigars. It, no, it was just called the event only. The event yeah. only. Okay, yeah, it was just something like, yeah, yeah, something really benign. Um, but it, but shocker, uh, the the companies that do really well with the TA cigars, that's why and LFD put out good, really event only cigars too. Shocker. So I didn't know. I didn't know they were good. Well, no, those are good TA cigars. They they just becoming harder. Make TA cigars great again, like LFD and Tatawai do. Yeah. For sure. Um, so wanted to wanted to dive in again. This is uh, we're not doing a roundtable tonight, guys. We are kind of doing it as of sorts. Uh, we are going to be doing another roundtable here shortly. Uh, it w- TBD on the uh, on the date, but we will be reviewing a cigar that um was my pick. I'm really kind of excited about it. Uh, do we want to tease it now, Coop, or at least put it out there, or do you want to hold back on it? Well, it's it's Ben's call. That will be Ben's call. No, go not for mine. it. Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to be smoking the um, Macanudo. Um, limited edition cigar that uh, the uh, that they did in conjunction or collaboration with the the winery Flint Knoll. So I'm I was uh, I had the opportunity to smoke this uh, cigar with uh, Steve Abbott uh, on the show the other day with uh, that I when I had him on as a guest and it was the Macanudo Estate Reserve Flint Knoll um, and I'm really stoked about it. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm really excited to see what you guys think about it um and what it'll be like on the re on the re-smoke for me um because it was um it uh it really uh it really surprised me i'll just go ahead and say that save the rest for uh smoking alive with you guys and giving my thoughts then but uh it should be a good smoke good times yeah we'll go forward to it that that cigar actually was included in one of the pro cigar packs we got because they give out samples like each night each dinner and that cigar was included because general is one of the members of pro cigar specifically general cigar dominicano which is the dominican operation where they make that so that was included in there yeah i've actually never had it before so it's going to be a new experience for me aaron have you had it i have not no i am looking forward to trying it have not had it yet if we like it we will give props to steve abbott and if we don't like it we'll blame justin I think that's easy. I, that's right? I, that, yeah. that's totally fair. I think that's that's. Yeah, I think it's fair. very fair. I think it's very fair. Because yeah, we know if it was a bad idea, it had to have been Justin's, right? I mean, right, right. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Justin Broadley. Man, we just we just uh, we just we just bust on him so much. Uh, and, and well and well and well deserved in times, right? The the poor guy. He really put he really puts up with a lot of abuse. So we're still um, waiting for those cigars from last summer. Yes. 
Uh, but speaking of gifts, uh, not not actual promised gifts, but actually delivered gifts, I am wearing the hat that uh, that Ben and uh, he said the rest of you guys got me together. But I, I have a sneaking suspicion that it was just Ben. But if it was the three of y'all, I, I wanted to thank y'all publicly. So this is the Boston Red Sox vintage hat with the uh, I love the Sox logo, just the Sox. I love the Boston B, but I particularly love the hats when they have the Sox on here. So this is the. Blue Red Sox hat, vintage. Uh, yeah. that, that I got for it looks Christmas. like a Yankee hat. It looks like a Yankee hat with a Red Sox logo. Oh go, my you, god! You can go <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> it does. It's really... mm-hmm. wow. It's wow. nice. It's nice. Who like, invited? Like who in this, Who invited this fucking guy? <laughs> I like it. I like it. No, it's a nice. It's a nice hat, actually. This well, thank, thank, guy. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. At least I know my Jeez. microphone's working. Wow. Jesus, man. God bless. Yeah, for now it is. Oh, my God. Bless. All right. <laughs> he made, and I may be booted. <laughs> well, continue with the irregular uh, um, show tonight. We're going to make a couple of fun questions that are a little bit off kilter and everything. So I thought we'd, uh, in the spirit of poking fun of people, I thought we could open up with uh, a little one that I thought would be a little bit of a fun. We've, we've had the opportunity to spend some time together. Uh, both virtually and both virtually and in uh, in live and in person, everything. And I thought it'd be fun to share uh, what our favorite idiosyncrasy, oddity, or weird trait about each member of the coalition. So um, uh, I'll kick things off with Coop. Um, so there's two things that I really like about Coop, and it's always a response to something that's declared. So uh, it doesn't matter what you say. It seems like like if you say, "Hey." I really didn't like that cigar blend. His response is, did you try it in the 60? (laughs) (laughs) Almost every time. And even if we say, yes, we did. It was crap too. You're like, yeah, it really wasn't that good. But he's his response is always, did you try it in the 60? Um, That's true. Even if he says, even if he didn't like the 60, it's like, yeah, it really wasn't that good in the 60 either. (laughs) Did you try it in the 60? And also if any manager coach, is under the age of 50 years old and is hired by a major professional team. His response is always, that's a terrible hire. (laughs) (laughs) That is uh, also true. Those are, those are the, those are the two, those are the two always is from Coop that I just, I, I have come to really enjoy (laughs) over the years. So, uh, uh, Ben, uh, since we're starting kicking things off with Coop, we'll go with that. Oh yeah. Listen, this is probably just going to be a roast of Coop. Because <laughs> I, I have two things as well, and they're both coop as well. So, <laughs> y'all, I mean, we, we use it tonight. Like, right? well, so one thing he always says, you know, was <laughs> somebody irritates him is that fucking guy every time. <laughs> that fucking guy. Fucking guy. <laughs> and I've been doing it. I, I keep using it too now. Every time somebody oh. does something, it's like, that fucking guy every time. But the other thing I think is hilarious, I crack up every time he does this, is when he tries to impersonate somebody's voice, it's the same fucking thing every time. <laughs> this, this high-pitched, nasally voice. Oh, well, you know, it's the same voice. It's the same voice. It doesn't matter who he's talking about. It's the same. You know, Jose, I my Jose's like that. My Jose Barco's yes. like that. Jose. Yes. Yep. Yeah, everybody Jose sounds like Jose. Oh, you know something? Cooper really does a bad yeah, imitation. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. His, no, his his soccer isn't bad. His soccer takes it up a little he, bit. 
Yeah, you know it gets it gets a little bit more nasally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got one for Coop too. Since we're on the Coop topic, I, I it's this is not a um an idiosyncrasy per se of like what he says, but I just I think it's I've come to appreciate the fact that his dad was a driver and 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 owned was in like the limo business and the car business. Yet <laughs> when you get behind the fucking wheel with the guy. It, you swear they you should not be allowed to have a driver's license because it's fucking <laughs> terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. You're like you're in the I'm in the back seat. And I just close my eyes because I'm just like we're gonna get there. We'll be fine. But going through the experience of whether it's a block or like eight miles, you don't know how he's not totaled a car or rear-ended somebody within like two minutes of getting behind the wheel. <laughs> Oh, and God forbid he comes to crosswalk with pedestrians on it. Yeah. Well, it's optional, right? Well, and yeah. and I don't know. Coop had to get completely irritated when the state's mandatory seatbelt law, because when that fucking thing starts beeping and Coop can't <laughs> find the seatbelt, he's lit. just going fucking nuts trying to find the seatbelt and plugging things. Because I'm in the back and things dinging. For like a half hour, I'm like, just put the fuck <laughs> on. Yeah, it's with, if Loomis is in the car, Loomis always reminds him. Thank God, so he's like, hey, seatbelt. <laughs> oh yeah, totally literally, awesome. that's kind of the only way to, to ride with Coop is is Loomis is in the passenger seat. Yes, always. You got to put. So you gotta happens. Put, you got to put Loomis in the shotgun, man, or else right. it's just bad. Yeah, I uh the I knew it was like the first time that you two uh Aaron and Ben were riding with him for the first time when we were at, in two years ago in Vegas. And I was <clears throat> Loomis and I were getting in the car and I I I was original so we got a couple of first timers here, man. <laughs> like I just look I look at the floorboard, I don't even pay attention, or I just look out the window and I don't even think about it because I was just like, I'm gonna get there. I just don't want to think about it. It's but it's uh yeah. Yeah, if Google Maps says it's going to take you 15 minutes, Coop will get you there in 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 like eight. So it's a it's a it's a you save time no matter what. When Coop's absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and I'm going to be in the car with him in a couple of weeks for 10 hours. I, actually, actually it's going to be probably, it's, it's going to be eight. So it's going to yeah, be yeah, probably. <laughs> Coop's the only person I know can go from Charlotte to Miami in six hours. I have done some major speeding on I-95. <laughs> <laughs> Pop would be proud of me, yeah. So, speaking spe- of us all get together, so one of my one of my favorite things about Aaron though is how his uh, excuse for not staying with us is that he feels like he snores too loud, and he's talking to like three. Let's just call us what we are, gentlemen. A little bit on the bigger side, and we all snore. <laughs> yeah. True. Well, I'm going to see you guys in Miami, and we're all going to be together. And you know, I, look. It, especially I, I don't know about you guys but we all smoke and usually smoke at night and i know for a fact that the later i smoke in conjunction with how soon i go to bed my wife just i, I end up on the couch 90 percent of the time because she can't fall asleep because i'm just fucking I, and i yeah i should get a cpap or whatever i don't have one but i mean she it just drives her absolutely insane so it's gonna be. Well, we might get the cops called us on in Miami because that's <laughs> so much noise out of that no. doing some carpentry gonna... work at late at night, yeah. dude. For one, bitches, I have a CPAP. I don't snore. I quiet. If anything, I sound like Darth Vader. <laughs> but my dad was one of the worst snores that I've ever been around, and we'd be in our hunting camp, 
And it would just, the, the sides of the place would just be rocking because he's snoring so loud. So it doesn't matter, dude. I can sleep through anybody's snoring. Like, it doesn't even phase me at all. I don't even recognize it. It's just like white noise to me now. So speaking of, okay, so this is not an Audi. This is going to be a, so as you guys know, um, no, I, I've been with you guys probably the shortest. I've known all you guys the same amount of time, but I don't have the, the kind of the history maybe that you guys do with each other. Um, but I do, you know, we talk, I talk to my friends and everything and we talk about the industry and, and this is to more of the audience, but compliment to you guys. Like, so I'm a novice, especially when it comes to, to the knowledge you guys have. But I, what I always say is it's one thing to like understand, you know, tobacco and the flavors you get. That's one thing. And, but your guys' knowledge about factories and the the stuff that you guys can remember that you smoke, like the one thing I, I'll, I'll this is not a a roast, but like especially with Ben, something will come up. So this is like an odd. Well, it's not odd, but like we'll mention a cigar, and Ben will immediately go, "I used to smoke fucking boxes of those things." Like no matter what it is, <laughs> yes. he <has> smoked <laughs> boxes of whatever. He's like, "We'll come up, be like, oh that thing, I love that thing. I smoke." Boxes and boxes. What we go from a predicate standpoint, Ben has smoked boxes of it, no matter what it is. And I'm like, not only from a knowledge standpoint from all you guys, but like Ben, he will fucking. I don't know what you were doing back in the day, but it was clearly smoking a smoking shit, ton a shit of boxes ton. of everything. So you're you're trying to play catch up, is what you're trying to say. I here. am. <laughs> I am. Well, hell, I've been smoking cigars since 1998. I mean, hell, and then I I even would smoke at work sometimes. Mm-hmm. But when I went and worked virtual, a virtual employee, that was right after Hurricane Katrina in 2005. So, shit, I, I smoked five to seven cigars a day That's since awesome. 2005. <laughs> Imagine how much that is. You, do that I, math. Yeah. I mean, but you guys' knowledge, like, we'll, we'll come up with, and, you know, we do the um, we do the awards list at the, at the end of the year, and then you guys will come, like, like factories and shit like oh well, yeah by the way that's made at uh tapsa that's made at uh Ovea negro i'm like I, I, fuck i have no idea i just know that they're manufactured i can pick the country but that's about the limited knowledge i've got i mean your guys knowledge about on that stuff i mean i learned all the time and that's the great thing like it's funny somebody paid me a compliment the other day we were we were um i was in st louis uh, for my daughter's volleyball game, shout out to Tinderbox, which is right over the river on the other side of the Mississippi from St. Louis. So it's on the Illinois side. And we were just talking and I was just talking about cigars. Like we are right now. And I wasn't trying to like by any means, cause I'm, I'm my knowledge base is not even close to you guys, but I was just talking. He's like, Holy cow. Are you knowledgeable? I'm like, I am. And I owe it to you guys. Like, I mean, and I don't know nearly as much as you guys do, but just, being around you guys and talking like we do and texting and, and just the knowledge base. Um, it's not an oddity, but it's, it's, it is odd in the sense that not many people know the cigar industry, the people, the factories, just everything that goes into it like you guys. So I'm, I'm privileged to be a sponge, uh, any opportunity I get. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. But you've come a long way too, so don't uh, under don't underestimate yourself. Have you tried in six sixty? Have you tried it in six sixty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're working on that part, though. 
Well, awesome. Um, any other uh, any other idiosyncrasies or oddities you guys wanted to share? I got a few. All so, right. um, this is gonna get good. <laughs> um, obviously, like Ben's idiosyncrasies is is his strength here. His sense of loyalty is like second to none, and. You know, I go, for example, if Ben can't get that cigar at his local shop, he ain't smoking that cigar. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, uh, you know, if that, if that rep ain't coming in, Ben's like, I ain't smoking that. I, I don't give, I don't give, you know. So, and I, I, but I think it's an idiosyncrasy, but I think it's also a sense of loyalty. It, it, it's actually a very admirable quality is what I'll say. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. It, I mean, it was, uh, it, I mean, it, it was really great. Uh, like I was like the, it was the first show we did together, but even before, like even before we went to the first trade show, like something came up and I just remember like, and, uh, and it was Ben, Ben was the first to speak. I was like, we're not doing it unless we're all doing it together. Yep. Like, Oh yeah. Like it was like a, like one of us got invited to a dinner yep. um, or something like that. Or he got invited to a dinner and, and we're like, Oh dude, you should go or something like that. And he's like, no, not unless we're all going. Like, well, that's what we're going. yeah, like, or yeah. same with the round table. If, if someone can't, yeah, he's like, we're not doing it then, yeah, yeah. but it's an admirable, it's, a, it's an admirable quality, is what I'll say. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's Ben, like, where I mean, is that do you think that's something that was that something that was like taught to you by your parents, or is it just like a quality that you, you've just kind of grew into, or? or? Uh, man, I guess I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, probably. Do you, do you do you even notice that you do it? Let me ask that. Um, I, I just see it as being a proper gentleman, you know, kind of a thing. Like, yeah. you know, it's kind of a ride or die thing, you know, like I'm, very, I'm highly loyal to my people, you know I'm saying? All my friends and family and stuff. It's yeah. like, you know, you, you, you mess with one of my brothers, you're going to get the wrath too, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I just, the way I see it, like I, I, I just, I, I just like taking care of all my friends and includes, you know, my local shops, you know, I mean, when I say, when I think of local shops too, I don't think about just where I'm physically at now. It's like, you know, my home shop in Biloxi, you know, but the ones in Dallas, you know, like blue smoke and, and Michael's and El Dorado and Viso and then Destin, you know, I got, Harbor Cigars, Buckhead in Atlanta. And those are all home shops. Of course, about where I bought the first cigar ever, Crescent City Cigars in New Orleans. That was my first real cigar. I mean, those are, if they don't have them, then I'm I don't I don't deal with it, right? And you know, and if I know like what what Coop's referring to is we we had you know this a cigar that I wanted a while, we knew it was coming out, and I. And I, I text my rep, like, hey, is my shop getting a cigar? I was like, no, we only had a small allocation. We had to give it to a couple of prime accounts. So they, they, they're too new, so we couldn't get it. I get it. That's business. That's 100%. I totally understand that. Also means I will not smoke that cigar. Like, I'm also, not going to deal with it. Also means this, uh, yeah, look, you make a business decision. This is my business decision. I'm never fucking smoking that cigar. Yeah, I, I, mean, I got one too. Now I'm thinking about it, so I'll, I'll forget. So this is since I talked about Coop and, and and Ben, I'll talk about Bear for a sec. So when I first met, and I remember being on, I don't know if we were herfing or we were together or we was a show, but like oftentimes when we wrap up because it goes late, and 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 Bear's got young children. Mine are a little bit older now, 
but I would be with Coop and we would look at Bear on the screen and you'd be asleep. Like you'd be fucking asleep. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> like, like, Coop, are you, is he awake or what? And then all of a sudden, like you'd pop up and be like, it's like you were high. Like it was, your eyes were completely shut and you were not talking. And all of a sudden, like we would say something and then Coop would say something like, hey, tell him uh, you're a Yankees fan and tell him that uh, Jeter's like the best ever. And all of a sudden, you know, Bear springs up into action. Like it was, it was the most, was, I, I swear I thought you were asleep, but yet you were there. It was one of the idiosyncrasies that uh, I can't pull off of being like asleep and then waking back up. But somehow you can pull it off on, on no matter where we are, you're asleep. And then all of a sudden you're like front and center. That, that goes back a long way, man. I used to, I'm, I'm exhausted now because I'm a parent, but I was exhausted in college too because I just stayed up way too late all the time and everything. So I would take cat naps like all the time, wherever. Like I've always been able to fall asleep wherever I need to. Like if I if I'm gonna knock out, I'm gonna knock out. I'm gonna drop the drop the the head bill down and and I'll just conk out for a few minutes. I would do it before class. So I would show up to class early, not because I was a particularly great student. But because I would like say I would set my alarm. This was back with the old Nokia brick phones, and I would set an alarm and I would put it on my top of my chest like this. I know this is great television for people who are listening to podcasts later, but I would set it on my chest and I would just lean back and I would knock out for like 10, 15 minutes. And as soon as that I would have set the alarm for a couple minutes before the, the class started so that I would pop up and I'd be ready to go. <laughs> so I got one for Bear. Oh, the fact that no one knows his name. Well, most people don't know his name. You do. You know it. I, I, I do know it. And there was a, but it was, it was basically, I had to get his passport information for something. <laughs> That's the only reason. And I was basically threatened with my life not to reveal that name, which I have not done. So, uh, but yeah, in fact, I mean, Bear's real name is one of the, the, the big mysteries as far like, and, and no one ever got it out of me. Wait, didn't one person, like, we know one person figured it out. Well, Loomis found out, yeah. Oh, Loomis did. I was Loomis thinking someone out. in the end. Yeah. He didn't find out from me. No, he didn't find people... it from you. Yeah, it was it was a stroke. It was a stroke of like luck and stuff. There's a few <laughs> there's a few people that know just because they found out some like weird way, but no one's like it wasn't like me telling them or anything. So right. Um. And, and and then Nielsen, I, I gotta go. I know it's cliche. But the guy buys boxes of cigars for almost everything. <laughs> it's be, it's become a joke. But I mean, it, it really, it really. Now it's become a joke. But when I first met him, he's like, "Hey, I got a box. I mean, I order a box of these." Like uh, uh, <laughs> that, when he kills the developing, like, do those guys like anything on developing talents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. Well, you know what? Fortunately, um, I've got okay. So we all have a lot of cigars. The shitty part about my thing is I made, you know, trial and error like we all do at the beginning, but I was stupid because I would just buy, I wouldn't even buy like five packs. I would just buy boxes. Now, fortunately, I've got you guys and kind of read up a little. My knowledge is better so that when I do buy a box, I haven't, there's been a very few recently that I've regretted buying a box. I mean, I've got a couple I can think of, but um, it's gotten better. But there was a time where I'm like, okay, this thing, what I smoked two. And I'm like, why the fuck did I buy this box? And now I'm gonna have to give it to my neighbors that are just collecting. I mean, they're not gonna get better with age. And unfortunately, there's gonna I, I give them away or they're just sitting down there now. So gotten better, but you are absolutely true. It's a running joke, and you probably have heard it on the show before. I just always buy a box, and Ben's comment usually is, Oh, that's a shocker. 
Yeah. That's true. And it's it's really the question is how many boxes did you put here? <laughs> yeah. Here's here's the ironic thing. This is coming from a guy who basically <laughs> can't buy any more cigars because he's got no more room. So you know, yes, I'm guilty of the boxes, but I think we all are guilty of having more than we can probably ever smoke in the next couple of years. Yeah, I could probably go. I could probably go at least four years without smoke, without buying anything else. I could e- probably easily. start my own cigar shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben would have his own Opus shop. <laughs> it's, that's that's true. I got a ridiculous amount of Opus. So much Opus, like when he opens up a bo- like he opens up a, a box that he hasn't. Uh, seen it in like a while or whatever. It's like, oh my gosh, look at all these opus that I have. <laughs> he did that the other day. Like we were a couple of weeks ago. He's like, I was going through stuff and I found like six box opus. I forgot I had like, who does that? Like who? <laughs> I know actually where every one of my opus is. Ben's got six boxes laying around that didn't even know he existed. That'd be a nice problem to have. I'll tell you who does that. Someone with a fucking problem. That's, that's <laughs> Yeah, um, it's also great. It's also very handy. It's a very ha- handy idiosyncrasy about Ben is that um, uh, that no matter where we go in Vegas or whenever we're together, we all smell really good uh, because Ben Ben has like an obnoxious amount of cologne um, for the for the right occasion. Um, yeah. Ben, what what else do you what else do you collect? So you cigars, fragrances, knives too, right? Yeah, dives. Yeah, and firearms. And firearms. See, I'm a, I'm a, obviously a hat person. Cigars. Oh, hats, I got I got hat. yeah. I got a ridiculous amount of hats, dude. My wife just hates my fucking hats. I got so many. It's ridiculous. You know, I, I, I kind of see hats like a T-shirt, right? Like I I swap them out. You know, I mean. You know, I sometimes I you know I want to wear my brace hat. Sometimes Mississippi State or Manchester United. Sometimes it's you know my Tatawahi hats or you know I love my Patagonia hats because they're the best fitting hats ever made on the planet. You know, I mean I got I got hats all kinds. You know, and then of course I got hats that represent different companies of of the shit that I collect and stuff. You know, so it's it's out of hand. Is it really out of hand? You know. Yeah, that's everything I do is out of hand. It's 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 a fucking problem. It really is. <laughs> uh, so Jay Davis am, commented earlier about he's never heard that Aaron Loomis says that he's bought a box of something. Uh, <laughs> and Aaron uh, has responded. Aaron, Aaron has joined us. And he said that's because I haven't bought a box <laughs> of anything. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um that 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 would have been a that that would have been a question of mine uh, next time I was going to interview Aaron was if he ever bought a box of something because he's just so ju- he's so judicious in his process too man it's all it's he's got a very he's got a very um, distinct process that he goes through he smokes most of his cigars for review also almost exclusively and uh, um, but yeah that would have been a question like what. Uh, Wait, what box? What was the last box you bought? But I guess he hasn't bought one. Here's so. one. What do you get, Aaron? Like, if we're gonna get him a box of cigars for his birthday. Is there one out there for him? Alan Bradley trilogy. The trilogy. Yeah, Alan Bradley trilogy. Trilogy. Yeah. And look what happened. Yeah. Justin's gonna kill that cigar. The trilogy was on sale where I was last time. I could get a box for like twenty five bucks. I think. 
Sure got a bad Aaron would have loved you. I know. Well, I, hey, I will I will say this about Aaron Lewis. You know, I I don't get a lot of time to, you know, watch other people's shows and read some reviews and stuff, but developing palettes it pops on my youtube feed it pops up and, and they're they're really short so yeah i enjoy watching i could do a quick one or whatever but i have to say aaron has kind of changed me how i think about certain cigars right like i can, I can smoke a lot of cigars and I'll, I'll always find something i kind of like about him right he's gotten me a little bit more jaded it's almost like <laughs> okay it's yeah, it's it's okay, but it's not great. So I should say that it's not great. You know what I'm saying? Like instead of saying, "Well, it's okay," but I did like this, 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 and I say, "No, it's freaking average." It, you know what, it I, 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 Ben? I could not agree more. Like when I when I talked to Aaron about it, and I've, I haven't spent a lot of time like you guys, but enough to where good conversation with them. Love Aaron. Um, he kind of talked to me about the the average piece because I was giving him shit. But when he explained, like, most of the stuff is kind of average, and I'm like, you know what? He's kind of right. Like, He's kind of right, yeah. yeah. You know he what I mean? Like, is- to your point, Ben, like, there's, I'll find something like, oh, this is pretty good. But then I'll, I'll sit there and think about it. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's good, but it's not – it's it's average. I mean, so he's right. Plus, he's the only guy I know that I, I – that I, can think of off the top of my head that doesn't really like for drones. Well, I didn't, yeah. I didn't say he had a good palate. I just said, <laughs> I mean, but, he's, I get the part about, you know, being harsher on the, on the review. Side. With, with, the, with the Padron piece being the exception to that, like if he likes a cigar, uh, you know, it, like when I say likes, it's like, you know, when it goes about like, when it's like a 5.7 or higher, 5.5, yeah. let's go 5.5. If it's 5.5 or higher, I genuinely, uh, I, I generally will 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 enjoy the cigar. Like I don't think him and I have ever disagreed. Now with disagreed plenty on like, man, I really thought the cigar was great and he fucking kills it. Um, but like if he thinks the cigar is like five point five or higher, like I I genuinely like the the trilogy Corojo was probably the one we've disagreed upon the most. Like I liked another of the trilogy a little, uh, better than the Corojo. Um, but I mean I didn't dislike it and like. I thought his assessment on the Red Hot's candy flavor com- component that came out of that, I thought was pretty fucking spot on, actually. So I was like, wow, that's cool. Um, but I, I, I tend to like anything that he likes pretty, pretty. Yeah. yeah. Pretty Jay Davis nailed Jay Davis nailed it in the comments. Like Scar Media tends to a lot of Scar Media uses the hyper hyper hyperbole. Is that the right name? Hyperbole. 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 Yeah, hyperbole. That's I knew I was gonna say. It so wrong. we know you can't but, pronounce Spanish, but now you can't pronounce right. English. <laughs> I don't. That's I don't know what that is, but but it's true. Like Aaron, I think what he brought is like we in the media we tend to review a cigar we really like or a cigar we really hate, and it's those middle ones that aren't like really said that they're in the middle. And Aaron kind of I think with developing palettes, those guys have changed the saying. Well, there are there are a lot of these cigars that should be in the middle. And they all shouldn't be on the extreme end. So, well, like you, well, even I think, too, I think there was there was such a period of time, even you could say still now, that it seemed like every year everybody's scores were going. It was at like baseline of ninety. Then it went to ninety one. Then it was ninety two. It's not it's like some of these cigar review shows. I'll see them like like all ninety fives and ninety sixes. Like how is that even fucking possible? It's not. So it's 
he's always had the consistency of, you know, what's average, what's not, et cetera. That, that scale is not varied. Yeah. Yeah. Coop says I'm one of the toughest reviewers that he's ever met. Um, Aaron's probably new guys. Just look at the new guys. Aaron's probably at the top of that list, but like, it's just kind of my, my perception of cigars too, is like, I think, uh, I think, I think the, the market is flooded with cigars that are, are good. Um, my use of the word good interchange that with the word average and you've got something cooking there. Like, um, for me, so like, like I'll smoke, like I said before, like if I rate a cigar, like an 88 or 89, like I'll smoke that all day. Cause that's a good cigar. You know, that's a cigar I really enjoy it. I think of a hundred and I've said this before in a round table, like a hundred is perfection, like absolute perfection. Like everything about it is perfect. It's balanced. The flavors are flavors that I really enjoy the way that they come together consistently throughout every single third. There's not a down spot. It doesn't get bitter. The burn is razor sharp. The draw is perfect. Like that's an immaculate, experience and i just like that's like how do you have that you just can't like it's a man-made product you know and and you know that's my quest for that is the perfect cigar and i guess what like like i i just don't i don't i just don't foresee having that experience i've had cigars that i've smoked to the to the absolute where i'm burning my fingertips and i've really enjoyed but i couldn't say are perfect uh, because there was something in it that was imperfect you know and i think i always will um, for the most part. So if I know. ever review a cigar and I give it a hundred, that is my last review I'm ever doing. And I'm quitting forever at that point. Yep. So I'll be here forever. Cause that'll never happen. <laughs> awesome. Oh, all right, guys. Well, wanted to kind of check do a check-in on cigars and food coop. What are you eating now? Uh, what okay. have you moved on to here? All right, so and I they kind of gave you my assessment. I have finished the soup. It was a good soup. So the next dish I have is um, this is I think I could show this more soup. Okay, no, it's not soup. Uh, this is a this stuffed cabbage. So this stuffed cabbage uh, I have not had it from Ben's, uh, but stuffed cabbage it's in a tomato sauce, and the the cabbage is rolled around some some uh, ground meat. With a little rice mixed in, but the sauce is kind of interesting. Um, the sauce is, you can see it, I'm putting it on the spoon. Here. It's a sweeter tomato sauce, but it's not ketchup. Like ketchup is very vinegary. This is not vinegary. It's got a little bit, I think, of a brown sugar in it, and it gives it a little sweetness, and it really contrasts the the uh, cabbage very nicely. So, like, how does it compare to like a barbecue sauce, like a, a richer barbecue sauce, I guess. Barbecue sauce still has a vinegary, I think, somewhat of a vinegar component to it. Okay. There's not a yeah. So it's really, it's really lacking the acid. It's just yeah, it's not acidic at all. Oh wow! So like they really piled in the sugar, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's uh interesting, and it's a brown, it's a brown sugar as opposed to a cane sugar. So, but it's um, you know, barbecue sauce I know uses brown sugar, but this is a. uh, It's also um, I mean, it it's it's nothing like a barbecue sauce because there's no smoky component to it at all. Okay. It yeah. Interesting. There's some onions mixed in here too, but it's it, 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 all I can say is it's it's a sweet tomato sauce. That this that's it's more of a tomato sauce than a barbecue sauce. Because I still think barbecue sauce has that vinegar component to it. Yeah, some do. Some yeah. some don't. It depends on what what region. But what's interesting is like you know 
I'm Catholic, right? And where I yeah. grew up, there's it's predominantly Catholic, you know, or, or whatever. But it's I, I've never experienced really Jewish food, right? Um, but like, but you talk about the stuffed cabbage. Now, when I I lived in Dallas, there's a place in Grapevine that is a actually it's a um it's it's a Europe they call it it's called the European something European market, and it. They're inside of it. It's basically a, it's Eastern European mostly, and it's ran by a Polish family. Uh, matter of fact, some of the the you know, the older ladies there, the matriarchs, don't they don't speak English. They speak only Polish. And one of my best friends, he, his family is of Polish descent. So when he visited me, we went there, and one of the things he bought was exactly what you're eating: the stuffed cabbage with the ground like beef with rice and that tomato sauce. And he was saying, Oh my God, this is just as good as my grandmother's when she made it. And I tried it and I thought, Holy shit, this is phenomenal. So I kind of want to, I guess what I'm saying, what I'm finding interesting is, is that like some of the, like the food you're eating, you know, the the Jewish people have been all over, they've lived all over the world. Right. Yeah. It's amazing to see some of the influences from different regions where they predominantly were like Eastern Europe. Yep. No, very true. I just put on the screen. This is just the uh, stuffing I pulled out. I don't know how visible it's going to be. For those who are eating at home and lost their appetite, there is something that Coop just pulled out of a soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not really a soup. It's the great. It's more of a, a like a tomato sauce is what this is. So it's much thicker than a soup base. Since we're probably going there when we're down there in a couple of weeks, I guess we should not eat the entire day because it sounds like we're going to have to like fill up at dinner. Yeah, I recommend we go to Ben's actually uh, because it's on the way back to the where we're, we're staying in Miami. Um, because honestly, I think up by the Great Smoke, it's it's there's better options to hang out. Plus, we can go to Caribbean at night. Except like I found that Hector's not going to be there, so oh, bummer. Yeah. So, um, so I'm smoke. I've I've kind of gone back and forth between the Black Irish and the Green Hornet, and um, so the first third of both cigars, like the uh, the Black Irish. I don't know if it's if it's kind of been if t- this one's uh, this one's about a year old. Um, so it's kind of like a lost a little bit of that edge, but it's really really well balanced. Uh, it has some of that uh, chromagnon characteristic to it. Uh, you can taste a little bit of that candela on the mouth, you know, that kind of grassiness a little bit kind of adds a little something to the, to the black Irish a little bit. Uh, the green Hornet uh, is a lot stronger um, in terms of strength, just a lot more pepper, a lot more bite, um, And uh, you still get that little grassy note too, because the, the candela is both on, is on the tip of both those cigars. And uh uh, so very, very interesting as they kind of progress a little bit, the green Hornet has kind of gone down in intensity uh, and the black Irish is kind of upticked in intensity a little bit. Um, and that richness is kind of gained back as you smoke more of it. So I think that's when you get more broadly versus the candela and the black Irish. So um, like I said, I enjoy both cigars. So this is an interesting experiment that I'm, that I'm enjoying so far. Um, uh, Aaron, how far, are, uh, how far into the mass of Alfonso are you in? Yeah, I'm at about Toro length now, so I'm about three inches down, so not not a full third, but ish. Um, this is really hitting its stride right now, so it's up to a, a solid medium. Uh, breadiness, sweetness, there's a little bit of pepper to it, a little bit of creaminess. Um, just overall, I mean, burning great, 
Um, short is kind of ash, but uh, minimal strength, but overall um, just a solid cigar. So I think it's progressed for me. It was very mild at the beginning. We had the first couple inches. Now it's starting to get more flavor. The body's up uh, a few ticks. So, so far, so good. Right. Ben, how about, uh, how about these, uh, the pumpkins? How are they smoking? Uh, really good. I mean, you can see how far I'm into it. Um, it's honestly, the flavor is so, so good to me that it's hard to kind of slow my puffs down on this thing. I mean, it has a really nice, sweet and spicy characteristics. Um, I mean, the kind of the best way to describe some of the sweet, bready flavor we get is almost like that. It's like a cocoa puff, like the cereal cocoa puffs. And kind of the flavor that I get with that, you know, and my son loves that shit. So it's always at the house, but it has like, like a, like cocoa puffs with a little bit of spiciness, a little bit of earthiness. It's really, really good. Real strong pepper on the retro hill, full body strength and flavor. It's really, really good. I mean, this it's a, it's a different tat. Like I was kind of, you know, it just all we know is is Connecticut broadleaf Nicaraguan binder filler. So I was kind of had an idea what I thought it would be going into it. It kind of has that Tatawahi framework, but it's it's very different than his other broadleaf um, cigars that he has at the lines. It's it's really really good. I mean, it's to me it seems to be sweeter than most of his other stuff. And with that cocoa note, cocoa note and the spiciness and the black pepper with the earthy to kind of ground it, it's, it's really, really, really good. It's definitely worth going to an event and buying a box of something you love just to get a three pack. Honestly. Nice. It's always good. Well, terrific. So, um, wanted to, uh, since we are on the subject of food, I thought this would be an interesting, weird question. So what is a food or beverage that you absolutely love that your family can't stand, generally speaking. Oh, we got to start with Coop on that. We know what his is probably going to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's an easy one. Wait. I don't wait. So one that I like that my family can't stand. Correct. So that's not what you think, because that's the other way around. Like, if you're going to say eggs, I no. hate eggs. But the- I'm not talking about eggs. I was wondering if it was the celery soda. No, it's not. And I didn't get the celery soda, by the way, tonight. I got uh, Dr. Brown's ginger ale. Boy, this I can't get it in focus. But uh, no, the answer to that is pho. Pho. They don't like pho at all. I'm the only one who likes it in the house. Nobody really? likes pho? No one Nobody likes, pho? likes pho. No. Wow. No, they don't. Yeah, okay. that's a... I know. Uh total surprise there there you go now i think with the with the with the fate with the blurring off it's a little easier to say yeah it's fucked they don't like it there's no it, i i usually order it at lunchtime once a week and they don't no one in the house will, will eat it but me my wife doesn't like it and my two sons who live at home don't like it that's crazy like is they have they ever given you a reason or they just they just don't they can't get into it they can't get into it um is the reason like a lot of them i don't think like some of the herbs that are in it in the broth oh okay like, yeah, like yeah. do they eat ramen or any other noodle like uh, they do they do but they don't like the fub broth 
Hmm. Yeah, it, the Farbirds is a little more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Aromatic is that the right word? Or yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah it's it exactly it. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing. So, how was they've only tried it at one place? I guess they've tried. Now they've tried it at a few. Because that, well, that's weird, right? So, like back home in, in the Mississippi Gulf Coast, we have a very, very large Vietnamese population. And my friends and I, who half of them are Vietnamese, we would probably go eat pho two or three times a week at different restaurants. And the reason is because pho to each family is different. The broth is very uh, different mm-hmm. for, for each each grandmother basically would make their own different spice blend and how they would cook it differently. And different regions of Vietnam had their own kind of versions of pho too. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it, I mean, it was very greatly from restaurant to restaurant that we went to. So, and it was some I like way more than others. So that's kind of why I was curious about, you know, have they tried it in other pho restaurants, you know, They've Vietnamese restaurants? Mul- they have tried multiples now, you know, there's, or the regions of the country that have better far, you know, but they're not willing to go try it, you know, when they when they're out of town. Yeah, pho is so good. There's a uh, Jay Davis mentioned curry for him. Uh, apparently, his family can't stand it. There's a uh, there's a pho, uh, a pho place next to uh, just down the street from Michael's Tobacco Noodles called Pho V Noodle House, um, and I love it. And there's a, there's a dish there that I get. It's the shrimp shrimp curry pho. That shit's so good. <laughs> oh God, I love it. Yeah, but it's very red. It's very aromatic. Um, and if you don't like lemongrass, you're probably not going to like pho either. It's yep, yeah, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah, so they like Vietnamese restaurants are not an option to go to with my family, and I usually only I order it at lunchtime, once a week. Mm, interesting, Aaron. It's what about one of my you? favorite dishes? Yep. Well. I grew up where my parents, like literally, which was great. Um, we ate everything, whether it was Indian, Thai, you name it, Japanese, Korean, everything. But w- there's a select amount of, of siblings slash mostly siblings that don't like uh, blue cheese like I do. So I, I will put blue cheese. I mean, if you go to a restaurant, I mean, it's always blue cheese. You know, you get wings. A lot of people like ranch. I, I'm not a big ranch guy with my wings. I'm blue cheese. A lot of a few few family members just don't like blue cheese, um, and I do. I I absolutely love it. So I don't really have. I mean, we'll eat pretty much everything, and so I don't really have anything real good to, to go with other than the uh, the blue cheese. Um, the um. Uh... The funny thing about Buffalo, so I had Matt Booth on, uh, uh, like right after the trade show, and he talked about how he doesn't like buffalo sauce, and that was just really weird. Like he doesn't have like the traditional. He'll eat wings, but like with non buffalo wing sauce, like different types of sauce. And I, I, I love wings, all kinds of flavors, but like the original buffalo sauce to me is still good, and its perfect accompaniment is blue cheese. No, like absolutely. it's I mean, so I good. I can't. I fucking hate cottage cheese. I mean, if you tell, that's like my cottage cheese is like, is like, uh, coops eggs. Like I'll eat pretty much anything. I can't stand cottage cheese. Interesting. And what about you? Um, I got two things to kind of go 
the kind of opposites of each other, right? So one thing that I love that everybody in this house hate, actually it's two things. One is spam. I freaking love spam. <laughs> love that shit. Um, and and I, I found a kind of a new way right before I moved away from Mississippi. We op- There was this um, Asian fusion place that opened up close to my house. And they actually started making basically the spam sushi that's real popular in Hawaii. And I fell in love with that too. I was like, that stuff's phenomenal. But I can't understand why why they hate ham or the spam because all it is is chopped ham. It's just freaking ham. So I don't know. Probably, but probably because it comes out of a can. It's not very appetizing. I don't know. I, I guess. I just slice it up in little steaks, pan fry, make a po' boy, spam po' boy. That's what I do. I love that shit. The other thing is Vienna sausages. The little Vienna sausages in a can. And that just it came from basically when I was younger. Um, my dad loved like potted meat in a can, which I think it, it, I haven't ate it because it smells terrible. I mean, so I, w- I would never touch it. But Vienna sausages, it was good because like if you're going going hunting and you're going up into a tree stand or you're going into a blind or something, you, you want to have portable food. And that was an easy little portable food just to kind of throw in your pack was Vienna sausages. So I, I, that and beanie weenies, I used to bring those all the time. It's in a can. You just oh, pop them open and eat them. If you want to snack, did that all the time. Everybody's like Vienna sausages. Holy shit. That's disgusting. But to me, they, they're fine to me. I don't know, I guess. Cause I ate them when I was little, I, I just love them. Now, the other thing that my whole family loves that nobody can believe that I hate with a passion is oysters. I freaking detest the damn oysters. Really? Oh my God. Yes. There's literally only one way I could eat oysters. Deep fried. That is, no, I hate that's the worst way for me is fried oyster. It's the grossest thing pretty much on the planet besides maybe liver. But is is char grilled oysters. You know, we oh okay. back on we would we would char grill them with garlic butter. A little bit of breadcrumbs on top with some parmesan and some hot sauce. I will, I will eat it. I'll eat that shit all day like that. But literally any other way, no, I will not touch it. And fried is the worst one. Oh, Can't man. do it. I'll and throw. For, I'll throw back some oysters, man. Yeah, and for oh. somebody that literally is from the Gulf Coast with Cajun ancestry, it's like sacrilege. But just disgusting. No, thank you. I'll pass. I, I will absolutely. I'll destroy it. I like oysters on a half shell plate. Uh, my really good friends and I. We would. God, we could. We could throw back some serious. There was a. There's an oyster place here in Fort Worth called Lone Star Oysters, and we f- fucking just kill them. Just. I mean, I think our. I think our record. I think we did was like six dozen. It was crazy. It was awesome. Uh, I don't like fried oysters. They're terrible. Yeah, but Ben was just saying, I'll eat, I'll eat them. They're not, yeah. it's not my preferred way. I'd rather eat them just like on the half yeah. show. That's how I like them. Yeah. Yeah. Clams are really good too. I like clams. What about clams, Ben? Or mussels? Oh, yeah. I love them. I love those. I mean, one of my favorite dishes that I cook from that my wife absolutely loves is basically, it's like, um, you know, kind of like a seafood linguine. Kind of, it's like a oh, scampi yeah. sauce with mussels, and I, I put shrimp in there and clams. Yeah, I'll rip that in half. I love mussels. It's just something about an oyster. It's like absolutely no. 
Can't do it. Much. Uh, Vienna sausages. Uh, it's funny when you said that, Ben, because that uh, that takes me back my my late grandmother. Uh, I mean Mexican to the core, right? Just absolutely like she taught me how to make everything, uh, and just cooked everything from scratch and stuff. But like, what her guilty pleasures was fucking Vienna sausages. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. Um, on the and the, I think it's it's funny that seafood kind of plays a part in most of a lot of things we're talking about. But uh, uh, mine is anchovies. I oh, I, I love I, anchovies. I love anchovies. I, I love I love them. Uh, uh, nothing better than like r- legit fresh made Caesar dressing with a- oh, anchovies. Oh yeah. Oh, fucking, yeah. M- fucking money. Um, went to a. I was in Atlanta this week, and uh, there's a there's two pizza places in Atlanta that are pretty infamous. One's Antico, which is a little bit more upscale, and then there's one that's a little bit more divey. It's called Fellini's. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty infamous, uh, but they make they Fellini's is by the slice, so it's pretty it's pretty cool. Like, and I like we went I went with a couple of uh, colleagues of mine, and they're like, "Hey, what's your what's your topping?" And I was like, "Anchovies," and they're like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah." And they had anchovies, and it was so freaking good. I, uh, I prefer anchovies on a white pizza, but they are good on a pizza. Normally, I don't like a seafood with the tomato sauce, but the anchovies work. But I think it works better on a white pizza, believe it or not. Yeah, my. Nobody like like people hate sharing pizza with me. Like they're like, hey, we can like like even anyone who's like, yeah, I'll share a pizza with you. We, well, okay, what are your toppings? Anything but anchovies. Well, shit. Like, <laughs> so hey, I, I, if we go to New York ever, we're gonna we're gonna commiserate over some good anchovy pizza. Sounds there's good. Some really good. It's really there's some good places that do it right in New York. See, I, I can't. I don't like them. But I'm with you on the Caesar Caesar dressing. Yeah, they're made it, fresh as Caesar dressing. Basically, when you when you take an anchovy, and basically it's it's emulsified in something else, I love it. Just be it by itself. No thank If you chop the anchovy, slice it and dice it into smaller pieces, it's much it's much better as opposed to getting that big like kind of engulfing that whole salt. Oh, I will I will eat a fucking anchovy out of the goddamn can. I I will destroy a fucking can of anchovies. Well too I will too, but in the Caesar dressing, I like it. I think it it because then kind of the anchovy coats all the lettuce is kind of why I like that's why I prefer it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I I like the umami flavor that it it gives the stuff. Yeah. Like yeah like your like your Worcestershire and like A1 steak sauce. They they're the prominent ingredient (laughs) is anchovies and all of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's why I like I like you know I, I keep a bottle of um, Vietnamese fish sauce here because you that adds so much great depth of flavor to a lot of things, mm-hmm. and but it don't and when you smell fresh fish sauce, it's like holy shit, this stuff is pungently disgusting, you know. <laughs> but when you add it to something, it, it elevates it to another level. It just brings the <laughs> yeah. flavor up. Yeah, and that's the way I see anchovies. Now I'm curious, Bear, what about sardines? Oh, wreck, wreck a can of sardines, man. Oh, in olive oil, when you get the can of it, in the I like it in the olive oil. It's so good. There, There's this, I don't know, I, I, there's this, okay, I think, I think it's bumblebee or something, but I've had it with hot mustard, that they're marinated in hot mustard. Holy shit, man. Uh, like, they're so good. They're so good. I don't even care about the bones, because there's, like, a lot of bones in it, but, man, I will wreck, I will wreck some fucking sardines, dude. I had some really good sardines in Sweden when I was there a few years ago. Nice mackerel, Real, like yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh gosh, I will. I'll eat fish. Oh, out of I will. Yeah, I'll eat fish out of a fucking can all day long. I don't give a shit. You know, the funny thing is when you, you know, some of the uh, hoagies in like the Philly area, they make the tuna fish uh, without the mayo. They use oil instead. So and it's really good with the tuna fish like that. Like I think like once you have it with the oil as opposed to the mayo. And I'm not a mayo guy to begin with, but I'm just, I know people who like the mayo, but when they have the oil, they don't go back to the other way. You live in North Carolina. Did you just slander Duke's mayonnaise? Too? Well, it's egg-based. I don't, it's, it's not, look, I, I, I can't get into a mayonnaise war because I, it's egg-based. That's why I don't eat it. So you could detect fucking egg and mayonnaise. Absolutely. It's, it's, an, it's egg. Yeah, it's egg. Mayonnaise is almost all egg. It's an egg product with, with some oil in it, basically. That's yeah, part of it, yeah. It, it's an it's, <laughs> it, it looks different, but it's it's pretty much egg. <laughs> yeah, and I could I could I could taste it. Yeah, I mean I could I, I you know, if I get a burger and it actually has mayo on, I'm like, oh, it's oh. egg on. I could, yeah, uh, yeah, that's too bad. Duke's mayo, dude, is where it's at. I'm with you, Ben, a thousand percent. So and I'm not, I'm not arguing the mayo thing. It's just I'm just anti all mayo. So <laughs> so that brings, I think we know Aaron's. It sounds like it's blue cheese, but what's a condiment that you just enjoy that your that your family can't stand either? And what do you like to put it on? Uh, condiment that my family doesn't like. See, that's a tough one too. I, it's got to be the blue I, cheese, right? It's got to be the blue cheese. Well, dressing. blue cheese is a yeah. I guess is a condiment. I'll, I will tell you what uh, I put on everything is pretty much hot sauce. I, I don't care fucking <laughs> what what hot sauce it is. I'll dump hot sauce on yeah. anything. Like I have so many bottles of hot sauce at my house and. I'll just put it on a literally anything spaghetti, like burgers, eggs, everything. Whatever. Yeah. I've got like 12, bo- I've got 12 bottles next to the stove inside my kitchen, man. I'll fucking destroy hot sauce. I, I put it on everything. I, I, I'm, I'm, I put Louisiana hot sauce. Like, well, I'm old school. Like the, like original Louisiana hot sauce. Like I love the flavor of it. I, I, I did that as a kid. I did that as a kid. Um, cause I grew up, um, I grew up in El Paso and they used, they love hot sauce there too. And they would put it on everything. So like in elementary school, you had your chance, like every day was like a different day. They would have like pickle day, ice cream day, popcorn day. Not the exception of that being ice cream, but like you could buy a pickle that was picked. Like they, they would put hot sauce in the bag along with the pickle, or they would put hot sauce all over popcorn, which is just, Oh hot my God. So good. Pickle. Hot sauce, oh, yeah, God, so amazing. Oh God, yeah, it's so yeah. good, awesome. dude. So, yeah. so I like the hot pickle juice. Yeah. So, like, you just let it sit in that in that in hot sauce and okay. the okay, pickle juice. Okay. Yeah, I just for a while. I you were talking about topping it with it. I'm like, no, nah. no, no. You kind of let, like, mar- like, let it marinate, like let it, yeah, let it marinate in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, fried pickles with hot sauce. Oh, look out. Yeah. I'd uh, like. I would just like, but I will make bags of popcorn and I will just put hot sauce all over it and then. The best thing is the bottom of the bag and like all the hot sauce is collected at the bottom and it's like this disgusting, gross, awesome, like, but delicious hot sauce mixed with soggy popcorn. It, oh, so fucking good. It's it's the best. And yeah, it, gr- it, gross, it grosses my family out. I mean, that's probably mine too. Like, I literally have a, a, a lazy Susan in the kitchen that is literally nothing but hot sauces. That's not including the ones that got to be refrigerated that I put in the fridge. 
it's it's an it's an right. it's another obscene amount of shit that I got is bottles of hot sauce. Like literally, when we go to a store and I start looking at hot sauces anywhere, it pisses my wife off. Literally, it's like another <laughs> one. And and I've got some that will like melt paint off of a wall that's hot as hell, you know. But I'm as I'm getting older, I'm I'm less into that, right? Um, less in the pain, more in the flavor. Yeah, more. In, I, what I like is like so. I grew up on like Tabasco's and Crystal hot sauce, which is kind of the same as Louisiana hot sauce. But to me, it's that's there's more vinegar in those than anything. Yeah. So what I actually prefer is more Mexican style hot sauces, which mm-hmm. got a lot more savory components in them. Like I like buying the hot sauces that are hot, got good pepper flavor, but they'll have like garlic and onion in there, black pepper, stuff like that in there to give it more dimension than just being hot and vinegar. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's really what I gravitate towards stuff now, you know, but it's like, like, I know it's a show. But you you've watched the hot ones, hot, hot ones, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I I love watching that, especially the best episodes where they had Alter Brown on there, where he actually is the only one that was went on there and was critiquing each hot sauce of why he liked it or didn't like it, and and so it was really really cool how he dissected each one, and that's actually turned me on like trying other like oh I never heard of that one let me go try to find that or whatever. And one of the ones um, uh, that I found, I forgot the name of it. It was Queen something, but they have they have two. But one that I really like is they actually mix like hot peppers and coffee together in one. It's such a unique flavor. It's almost like a, a chili puree with some coffee added to it. The shit is phenomenal. And I would have never known about it if it wasn't for the hot ones. So I like, try that. You got to give me you got to give me the bean line on that. That's good yeah, stuff. I'll yeah, I'll text you the link to it. On, it's on Amazon, and I, I buy it all the time because I go through it so quick. But um, yeah, that's it's the same for me. Hot sauce, man. And what the thing is too, like my my uh my son, he just turned fourteen last month. He's getting into hot sauce, and I don't know if it's from me or if his friends are doing it too. You know, but like he likes sriracha on everything. And there's another one called Tiger Sauce that's real popular oh, yeah. back Tiger home. Sauce so Tiger Sauce is Okay, so I didn't know it's it's from our area, but basically it's like a a sweet hot sauce if that makes sense. And yeah. it's really good. It's really good if you you can actually marinate stuff in it, and it's phenomenal. Like marinate chicken or something in it, it is just amazing. When, he when I loves lived, that shit. When I lived in Orlando, there was a po' boy place, and they dipped everything in the Tiger Sauce. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we use it a lot. We buy buy uh, liter jugs for the food truck, so there's a shit ton of that here too. Yeah. But I, I can kind of get away with that because it's for the food truck, yeah, right. not for my stash <laughs> inside. So, but yeah, it, it, we know like the one that we back home that everybody you, you any restaurant you go to any like a, a you know you go a lot of gas stations will have a deli inside that, that will make po' boys, mostly seafood po' boys. You go anywhere, you go to those, a restaurant, whatever, there'll be a bottle of crystals on there. And that one's hard as hell to find outside of the coast of Louisiana. Yeah. And, stuff. and they make one that's, and it's, it's not that hot, but it's got great flavor, but they make one that has, it's, it's uh, extra hot called extra hot. Man, you can't find that shit anywhere. 
since I've moved away, I can't find that anymore. I can find regular crystals up here. I couldn't find it in Texas anywhere. But the extra Hotwood, I can only get it when I go back home. That's it. And that's some good stuff, too. But, yeah, hot sauce is the same here. Like, nobody – when I try to cook, I got to make sure that I – when I especially when I, like when I cook chili, like I make a chili puree to put in there to, to mix in, I got to make sure I tone it down. And it's so funny whenever they're trying experiment with food for the food truck to like, you know, or, hey, how do you see if this is hot? I'm like, I'm the last damn person in this house. You should ask if something's hot because literally I will eat something mm-hmm. to think there's no heat to it whatsoever. And my mom who lives with us and my wife and my son's like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't even taste anything spicy. Dude. What are y'all talking about? No, I'm just, I think maybe I burnt my palate out. I don't know. My, my my wife can't do anything spicy man she thinks black pepper spicy so it's like that's why i do hot sauce on everything because it's like the after that's the thing i can add after when i cook so who uh what about you a condiment that your family can't stand uh a condiment that my family can't stand. it's a tough one in terms of um everyone seems to like one but um i'll say Poison sauce. They don't like that. You don't like poison no. sauce. Wow. Nope. Nope. Interesting. Again, going back to kind of that Asian thing again. Yeah. I mean, because I like mustard a lot, and some people like mustard, and some people don't. But yeah, I would say the hoisin sauce, which I really like, and I like mixing it in a lot of things. Like I'll put it in just different things, from like soups to noodles, um, you know, things like that. It's kind of an all-encompassing condiment that it just kind of uh, it adds a little bit of a savory component to things too. I think. Yeah, to me, it's like sweet Asian barbecue sauce. It's like a sweet Asian barbecue. It gives it a little. Yeah, it just gives it. You know, it's great. I, I find it's great on like Asian like ramen noodles. I'll mix it. Oh in yeah, like that. I love hoisin sauce. I put it in my pho. <laughs> and the pho- I oh yeah, pho. I put it that wow. sriracha. I mix. I always, I, I actually, they never give me enough of it. So I, I have I keep a bottle of it in the house all the time. They never give me enough with the fuck. I like a lot of it in there. Wow. Cool. Well, we're going to get into some cigar talk here after uh, the United Cigar Presidential Trivia segment, which, of course, is always brought to you by United Cigars. Smoke one today and start living United. Distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and now Alfonso lines that Aaron's smoking tonight. Smoke one today and start living United. So, uh, in the spirit of weird things, uh, there have been a lot of weird things that uh, presidents have done over the years. And so, I thought I would throw a multiple choice question out there uh, of weird things that our presidents have done. So, which of these four is not true? Okay. Okay. Which of these four is not true? It is multiple choice. So, here we go with answer A Andrew Jackson used to host cockfights at his Tennessee estate and at the White House. B. Okay. Martin Van Buren used to treat his stomach woes. He had bad. He had you know bad stomach issues, and used to treat them with water, soot, and charcoal. C. Teddy Roosevelt loved walking around on stilts. Or D. Bill Clinton used to eat Snickers before, during, or after his daily jogs. I'm gonna go with Teddy Roosevelt one. Teddy Roosevelt walking around on stilts is Ben's choice. Coop. I'm going to go Bill Clinton with the Snickers bar. 
Okay. Yeah, I, right. I, I, I think he eats something else, but not the Snickers bar. Not the Snickers bar? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Aaron, which of these is not true? I saw you walked away for a second. Okay. This is our presidential trivia segment. Which of these is not true? Andrew Jackson used to host cockfights at his Tennessee estate and at the White House, reportedly. Martin Van Buren, who suffered from stomach issues, used to treat his upset stomach with water, soot, and charcoal. Teddy Roosevelt used to walk around on stilts. And Bill Clinton, uh, during, during, before, or after his daily jogs, would consume multiple Snickers bars. Well, I, I, I believe the first two... Uh, yeah, I'll go Snickers bar. I don't know. Stilts one. I, I sounds like something. Maybe they would. I would say Snickers bars. Okay. So Coop and Aaron are right. Bill Clinton used to do something a little weird with jogging. He would jog. Uh, he would have his daily jog and he would jog to McDonald's. That's actually. what I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, no uh, Snickers I bars. Didn't, uh, no, uh, I didn't eat that egg <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that Jose? Was that Jose Blanco or was that Clinton? I don't know. <laughs> it's all, it's the same. Oh, you, know, you know, you know something. That Bill Clinton man, he had way too many egg McMuffins. <laughs> I knew the first two it's were just, true. I never heard cans. about. I never heard about the stilts thing. I, I actually did but, hear about the stilts one. I didn't know the Van Buren he, one. He used to walk. He used to walk around the White House on stilts. He used to love it. He used to like that was yeah. just the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. I knew Clinton uh, ate uh, something like terribly unhealthy after he ran, but I could <laughs> not remember what it was. Yeah, McDonald's. It gets about as unhealthy as you can get. Um, it's you know, it's really it, man. There's some there's some there's some funny ones that I was doing some research and stuff. Um, uh, the uh, I've I've featured this one before, but Ronald Reagan used to get advice from an astrologer. He used to go see an astrologist. Yeah, um, yeah I and, remember that. Well. Uh, Richard Nixon and Joe Biden both have interesting diets or had uh, Nixon in the latter case had uh, had an interesting diet. Um, <laughs> uh, the uh, the description of Nixon's diet was once characterized as something that a psychopath would eat. So here's one for you, Aaron. Richard Nixon used to love every morning for breakfast. Um, he would have a ver- variety of dishes, but one of the things he had to have during breakfast was cottage cheese mixed with uh, ketchup uh, oh what? Wow. yeah and uh god i hate college cheese uh he had a dish for lunch uh quite often called cucumber mousse i'm not sure what that is i've never had it um and then dinners would consist of whatever but it was usually <laughs> characterized by this one author as whatever dinner was it was ruined by his dessert of choice which was a baked grapefruit which just sounds awful Wow. One of the most bitter acidic fruits you can ever, and just go ahead and bake it. Um, just, uh, that sounds gross, but Joe Biden, uh, uh, his, uh, his diet is character is characterized as one that a child would. Um, many of his, many of his food staples include ketchup, peanut butter, and jelly and takes a lunchbox to meetings. that usually contains a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And, uh, Quite often, you uh, the pre- our current president will be seen drinking Capri Sun. 
which is something my son enjoys. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Capri Sun, man. I'll fucking down a Capri Sun. I think it's just quite comical I mean, that the leader of the free world just dines on what kids in elementary schools are dining on daily. So he just never outgrew it, I guess. Man, who who doesn't like a good peanut butter and chili sandwich? Though? That's true. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't eat peanut butter anymore because I eat way too much of it. But um I'm literally addicted to peanut butter. I'm, I'm I'm pretty damn sure I am, so I don't eat it anymore. It's kind of like soda. I don't drink soft drinks anymore. Well, speaking um, of peanut butter, one thing I used to eat when I I used to lift weights like madman. Um, when my wife and I first started dating, and one of the things I used to eat before I would go work out was I would take cottage cheese, Ugh. grape nuts, and a tablespoon of butter, the peanut butter, and and mix it together. And sometimes I, what I would do is I would put some sugar-free jelly in there, like, you know, mostly strawberry. And I, I, Listen, I hate grape nuts, and I hate cottage cheese. But it's uh, I uh, I learned this actually from a, a, a bodybuilder friend of mine. He used to eat this all the time when he would bulk up for shows. And I tell you what, mixing those two together with peanut butter and basically jelly sometimes, shit was really, really tasty really tasty when i was a kid i used to make peanut butter and tuna fish okay okay that's weird <laughs> yeah I, I can't even i don't even know where to go with that yuck where, where, yuck. Did, where did that come from where did, like <laughs> i have no clue but i, I have you had it. it as an adult like does no, it taste- i haven't you know what i was thinking now that i said i should try it again to see if it's just it's probably disgusting but i used to eat it i don't know oh, make that go away <laughs> my my father used to my father used to do peanut butter marshmallow fluff oh. uh and bananas that oh was yeah his, that, was his, that, that, marshmallow, that marshmallow fluff is nasty i've you, never you, had that in my life i, I don't know what that is i i i, I saw sugar. a guy like, on a radio yeah. promotion eat a whole jar of it it's, it's like marshmallow. It's like a creamed marshmallow right yeah, like it's, the, yeah it's like melted down marshmallows been in a jar yeah so basically, yeah, just really stickered. Yeah, it's, it's super. Really thick. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Ugh. I have heard of it because I remember watching an episode of Wahlburgers one time, and they were talking about their mom when they were really little. They were real poor. They would make marshmallow fluff sandwiches all the time. Yeah, that That's was the first my, that time was... I'd ever heard of it. But that was my dad. It. That was my dad growing up. He used to get a hold of it. Apparently, it was apparently it was really cheap. Um, back in the day and stuff, and uh, you could do it, and um, but it's yeah, really cool. Um, just really cool. Like if you go back through the, uh, this is what I love about presidential history. The, like the leaders of the free world, man, just fucking were weird. They had these like weird idiosyncrasies and stuff. Like uh, uh, um, Cal- uh, Calvin Coolidge used to have this one. This this one's hilarious. I, I I was reading about this today. I remembered it. Um, but every morning before he would enjoy breakfast, this had nothing to do with eating it, but he would have petroleum jelly. So basically Vaseline rubbed on his head every morning, uh, while he ate. I have no idea why. Yeah. I have no idea why, but which hand are we talking about? (laughs) Doesn't go into detail. I would assume his scalp, but we'll, we'll leave that up to the imagination, I suppose. (laughs) Um, but uh, um, uh, then the my favorite my favorite one one my favorite one is uh, 
Ulysses Grant, um, Ulysses S. Grant, who, you know, was a commanding general during the Civil War, one of the bloodiest wars in human history, especially United States history. Uh, but he was really um, adverse to the side of blood. Hated it. Made him queasy. So much so that um, as he got older, he actually refused to eat meat uh if it was unless it was cooked just to an absolute abomination so most people would like fred Rui would just think most of the meat dishes that grant would eat would probably just be like a sin because it just like if it, it, was, it had to be well done which is just gross you know i don't know if it's gross but you know i've, I've moved to having i don't like rare food as much anymore since getting you know having a blood infection i'll just say that <laughs> Is it, it just changed, it changed my it changed my perspective on things? Yeah. The per, oh, okay, so it's not the taste necessarily. It's just okay. Not the taste. I kind of now I'm a little more careful. Same with like sushi and stuff like that. I love sushi. It's it's kind of in the same boat. I'm just a little more careful now about that. Okay. Interesting. You know, because I am worried about bacteria. Yeah. It's a germaphobe, not not the taste. Well, speaking of taste coop, uh, as we wrap up, that was our presidential uh, uh, trivia segment sponsored by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, yeah. Bandolero, Garofalo, the highly acclaimed Atabe, Byron, and Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living United. Coop, what is the? Th- are you onto the third or the fourth dish yet? The third dish. Now, this one, um, I didn't. By the way, there's plenty of this stuffed cabbage still left. So this, I am having something which I have had from Ben's Deli before, um, and I'm going to hold it up. This is huge because I might be able to finish. So this is a knish, okay? And in particular, this is something which is called a kasha knish. So first of all, do you guys know what a knish is? No. No, no. actually. Okay. No. I, I mean, so, I've heard it. I've heard the term. I've never had one, yeah. Okay. So a knish is like- Is that puff pastry? Most- it's a puff pastry and most popular type of knish is a potato knish, which is, it's like a, almost like a, a softened potato, a, almost like a mashed potato in a, in a pastry, you know, shell. Kasha is got a, it's a, it's a grain and the grain is mixed with potato, a little potato. And it is really good. So it, it is, like I said, it's, it's, it's got a pastry type shell on it. It's kind of like uh, peasant food, right? I mean, if you're thinking about like cheap back in the day, you have pastry, you have potato, something that you would eat when times were tough, I would guess. Yeah. 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 Puff, puff pastry. Um, you, you had me a puff pastry. I'll eat anything with but puff knish, pastry. But knishes are very popular in New York. You can get them on the streets at the street carts. And like I said they're, they uh, they tend to cut them in half and put mustard in the potato knishes, which are really good. Like I said, this is uh, the grain. The grain. This is a grainy type of. It's got a grain stuffing in it with a little potato mixed in. Um, I I love kasha knishes. Um, in general, it's one of it's my it's my favorite type of knish. The, and then they also make some meat knishes. They have like spinach knishes, but uh, you know, like I said, you look at it, when you see it, you think it's just like a. It's it's almost like. The, the the way I like the knish is almost got that beef Wellington type of pastry around it, but there are different types of pastries. Some I've seen some, some of them made with thicker pastries. I tend to like it with the thin pastry on it. How does it compare to like an empanada? Just not as thick of a, of a not shell? As thick. Yeah. 
Gnostic and empanadas have a lot more in the way of spices in the middle of it, too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. That sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, I was going to say, but yeah. I'm just... When God, you guys, like I said, we, gonna, if we go to I'm gonna get so, down here, I'm going to get so yeah. fat at from this place. It's crazy. <laughs> but Kasha connections are very hard to get outside of New York. They're, they're just not something you find. Potato connections, you can find them. But the Kasha, to get a Kasha connection, I have it, you know, that's why when I get down here, I, I usually take some of these home too. I have some in the refrigerator to take home. Um, but these are enormous too. Like These are a meal. I'm not going to be able to finish this thing tonight. Nice. Well, I mean, you are in an area that probably has more New Yorkers in it than an actual native mm-hmm. Floridian. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's true. Yeah. But I can't, I get Cactus Deli in Charlotte. I can't get the Cactus Finishes easily. Aaron, how's the Alfonso treating you? It was good. I finished it. Um, you know, it, it's good down to, I smoked a basic nub, a two hour smoke for me, which is long. Um, fantastic cigar. So, you know, I know it was, it was on a lot of the <clears throat> top 25s this year. Um, I think it was a couple cigars of the year on a couple lists. Um, absolutely fantastic medium. Once I got through the, the initial part, it was medium throughout, uh, a little bit of pepper, but a, a lot of like the bready light earth, some creaminess, um, great cigar. Absolutely fantastic. I switched now. I'm, I'm, this is an interesting cigar, not interesting in by way of flavor per se, but not many people have heard of it. I've given it to you guys. This is the small batch um, from Atlantic. This is the, they've got the, they got an AJ, they've got uh, an Oliva. This is the uh, Placencia um, small batch from Atlantic. Oh yeah, you have given this. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good, good cigar. That's a good that's cigar. Very, yeah. very good cigar. So um, I get the, you know, I, I've got to go to this from time to time. So <laughs> he's really holding back. I, I I buy a box. That's what he's trying to not say. He's trying to it's say bundle. So this one he does buy the box. Absolutely buy the box. These awesome. Ben, what about you? Um, I literally just um got done with the the pumpkin. Um, it was really really good. Like I mean, I it, I nubbed it. I, I never nub a cigar. I never do that because to me when they get to that part is. They they don't taste very good. They don't no crescendo of flavor. No, but this one this one was pretty awesome, man. Like it did lose its sweetness, so in the end it was a little bit more earthy, you know, leathery black pepper. But it kind of lost that cocoa sweetness at the end of it. But it still finished very strong. I, I thought the flavors were really outstanding on that cigar. So I'm glad I got a couple left. You know those those are really fine cigars, but um. Yeah, I thought it was outstanding. Like, I, I wish it would have kept that sweet cocoa through the end as well, but um, it was a little bit more complex than I thought it would because, like, a lot of the flavors, um, you know, when it, like I said, it had the earthiness, that cocoa puff kind of type flavor, which is like cocoa and breadiness, a little bit of that sweetness along, you know, a little bit of leather and, and the black pepper and spices they kind of all kind of, you know, varied, right. Uh, and like the strength of what I was getting at the time. So it, it even though it kind of had, you know, some, not a lot of different types of notes I was getting, it was still kind of nice complexity to it. Cause they would kind of 
come and go in which one was in more in the forefront as well so it was an outstanding cigar but what I'm, I'm moving to now is this is another old staple of mine this is a lfd double Hero 660 maduro so you said i guarantee you used to smoke the shit out of those yes i've gone through many many boxes like, of these. amen brother <laughs> amen brother this one yeah i mean i tell you i tell you how i got turned on to these actually long long ago in a galaxy far far away skip martin and i this is this is pre roma craft we would play call of duty late at night and me and him would team up and we'd go play the different maps and we smoked the shit out of these while we were playing all the time and he's kind of the one and i've always been an lfd fan but this one i kind of never really went to and he was he was smoking a lot of bottles i'm gonna try those that i just fell in love with this cigar and so i mean we're we're talking probably 20 years with this cigar or you know however long it's been and it's just to me this is like the perfect maduro cigar for me with that nice raisiny flavor the cocoa and stuff and the coffee is all in this one cigar this is just a fantastic cigar so so bear um to get us off topic a little bit you do this um, often, which I always appreciate is kind of the, the question or topic and it'll be a list of questions. I got a question for the group here. I'm I was sure. thinking about this. Okay. So let's say there's a couple hypotheticals or you, but, you, but bear with, but go with this. So let's say this goes to Coop and, and you guys. All right. You've got the number one cigar, right? You, and it's all it, close to a hundred by, by every consensus, every publication, Cigar aficionado, you name it. Everybody, it, it's the magical blend. You have everything in place. Um, the price point's 15 bucks, so we're just going to go. It's not this outrageously expensive. You've got the number one overall cigar, hands down. You've got to come up with packaging and distribution. Who are you giving the number one cigar to that would do the best job with the number one cigar? It's funny you're it's funny you're asking this, Aaron, because it's actually it's actually one of the questions I was gonna ask next. So this is actually a perfect segue into it. So we'll we'll answer your question and then we'll go into mine, which I think is interesting. So um so who could who could put the the cigar, the packaging all no, together? The cigar's done. The cigar's done. You got, cigar's you got done. The, the cigar's done and and you don't have any manufacturing issues in terms of of the product. You, you don't have you gotta you know, package it and distribute it. You got to package it and distribute. distribute oh, it. distribute. That's okay. That's an interesting so, one. And you, you got to give it to so because I, I was thinking about this because, you know, like I've heard Alec Rubin talk before when he got the Prensado, he wasn't necessarily ready for the number one. And you could say, like, look, the pledge, maybe, you know, yeah, it was number one, but did it, did it hit the quote unquote like number one from in every shop and, and this, that, and the other. So if you had the number one and you've got a package and distribute, who are you giving it to in terms of? Who would do the best job with it? Well, I think he did. I think Ernie did better with the pledge than he did with the the encore. I'll tell you that much. Um, since, uh, just as an offshoot topic. Um, man, that's tough. Um, I mean, mine's a really boring answer, but. I think you I think you got to give it to 
I think you got to give it to either it's a tight, it's a tight race to, at the top, but it's, it's, I would, I would say, and I, I don't mean to step on anyone else's answer if I'm by answering two answers, but I would say either Oliva or my father. Um, look, uh, we were talking about consistency of cigars. We've talked about that on a number of occasions and Ben mentioned skip um, the Oliva V to me. The V, not necessarily the Milano. I, I mean, I'll, I'll smoke the shit out of that cigar. Um, you know, they can distribute. the The packaging is, it's beautiful. It's ornate. They tissue wrap it. They make it. They still make, it, even though it's been the cigar that's been on the market forever. They still make it look. You know, they still give it a regal presence. You know, they haven't, they haven't cheapened it down. If anything, they've added to it. They add little booklets to the box now to talk about the blend. Um, my father does a fantastic job with design. I think um, I really like what they did with the fun, the fun, the rebranding of the Fonseca. I wasn't as high on the blend as like you guys were, um, but I thought they did a brilliant job with the Fonseca rebranding. Um, I think, I mean, even the the like Coop and I really like the Vegas Cubanas, which is a, a more value blend from them, and that 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 label is gorgeous. Yeah, I agree. Um, that green and white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you got to probably give the tiebreaker to my father just because their designs are prettier and they're both their distributions are pretty good. Um, so I disagree on that. On the, I, I disagree on my father because their distribution, in, in my view, is not that good. Okay. Because I've lived in areas where they have no presence because they have no reps to come. Visit. Right. They don't. Yeah. They use brokers. That's the knock. Right. That's the knock. Yeah. I got you. So they just don't show up at every store. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it's almost non-existent here. All right. It's, so who would you give it to, Ben? Um, Oliva is a really good answer. Um, I would probably go with Davidoff, honestly. Oh, that's I mean, a good one. Yeah. Their their packaging is great. Their distribution is phenomenal. Every everybody's in house. Their reps have been there. Most of their reps have been there for freaking forever. Yeah. You know, and, and they and where their reps are at, their reps take care of accounts and they go and visit other shops. Even if they don't have anything yet, they will still come by and check on the shop to see. Hey, is is now a time, you know, or you know, maybe you don't want to bring this in. How about we, you know, we start with this or whatever. So they're to me, their distribution is great. Their packaging has always been to me, it's classy and elegant. It's just, you know, really nice. I mean, nothing's like crazy bold or nothing like that, except you know, the Camacho stuff. But like if you take like just a doubt off lines themselves, they're just gorgeous, really good. You know, until they do some of the stuff with the Mazos that, you know, Coop hates that shit. <laughs> but I mean, just just thinking of Davidoff as a whole, as a, as a whole entity, they're really good at packaging and distribution. Uh, that's who I would pick. All right. How about you, Coop? Honorable mention Arturo Fuente. I think they come in really strong with the packaging. Um, the reason why I kind of go honorable mention is mm -hmm. Jason Newman's doing their distribution, so it's technically not them. But um, I I probably wouldn't have given this answer five years ago, but now I will, and it's Perdomo. I mean, their packaging has really stepped up to the next level over yeah. the last few years, 
and they have a very strong sales team and they understand how yes. to market. And I know they would get my product on the shelf, but they really, I mean, I always thought Perdomo's packaging was good, but it's, I mean, there's changes they've made over the last few years. Um, to me, I have confidence that, you know, they, they could just really wrap this up nice for me. Yeah. Even their and, lot 23 uh, line, they've made that like really like that's those yeah. subtle changes they made with the, with the metallic blue and the metallic red. It, it just, it accented that band and it makes those bands really pop. That's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. But you, Aaron. I <laughs> the three that I thought of were the three that you guys. I I, I didn't know the answer, so I, you guys all make a great point for each. I, initially, I was thinking Leva, right? So that was one. I didn't think about my father. I thought Leva. I thought Perdomo because of what Coop talked about the distribution. But and then I thought, well, the only thing that I didn't go Davidoff. I agree with what everything Ben said. I just think sometimes the, because remember I went with the price point of $15. So I think, I don't know if it would get quote unquote loss in there, but I, I was thinking Davidoff. That was probably the one I was going to go with Davidoff for the reasons that Ben said. So I don't know if there's a right answer, but I was just thinking about it the other day. So I thought I'll pose a question. Okay. Well, that goes into my next question, which is, that was a great segue, Aaron. You didn't even know this was coming. So, um, who in the industry do you not want to blend away from their signature? Ooh, that's a good question. I have an answer to this too, but who do you not want to blend away from their signature? Get away from what they're known for. We talk a lot about we talk a lot about signatures. We talk a lot about Hector and the Espinosa signature, that Habano, that Nicaraguan. We talk a lot about the AJ Fernandez signature, right? There's a lot of signature flavor components, tobacco components. So I I Pete with, with Broadleaf, etc. I, I don't know if it's technically signature, but I'll say Padron. I mean, it, 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 if there's something signature, I mean, I, I don't want Padron going away. I mean, they don't deviate much, but I mean, I would say Padron for me. Well, when they did, it was a failure, right? The the Damaso. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the Damaso blends was. <laughs> uh, mine's kind of easy. I mean, it's right here. Obviously, I mean, because I mean, Pete with Tatawahi has has got you know his flavor profiles down. He and it's amazing how he could take Nicaraguan tobacco and just tweak it and, and get so many different flavors. But he still has this main. You know, he's the king of broadleaf to me, honestly, mm. Connecticut broadleaf. And the his Habano, I mean, it's just outstanding. I I love all those blends with that. So, I mean, that's one I would definitely not want to move away from. He kind of did it this year, though, right, with the Tuxla, right, the, the San Andreas? Kind of, kind of, but to me, it's kind of just a derivative. It's a slight change. It's nothing drastic. That cigar is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tux was outstanding, but to me, it's almost like a derivative with of Connecticut Broadleaf, right? 
So it's not, it's not, to me, it's not a, it's, it's still in the same ballpark, right? It's, it's nothing too drastic of a move to something different, you know? Okay. I mean, another one to me would be LFD as well, you know, with, with their stuff. I mean, to me, they have the best day of Maduro's ever. Uh, it's like the perfect Maduro for me, and I'm not a big Maduro fan, but the they they have a kind of a good a great signature profile with most of their cigars too. I mean, but to me though, if I had to pick one, it would definitely be Pete with and Tatawai, no doubt. Okay, I have an answer too. Coop, Coop's taking a quick break. No, I know I'm here. I'm here. I knew you were coming to me next. It was um, ooh, that's a good one. Um, you know, I, I I was gonna I I was gonna say Carlito, with but with Opus X, but I think he's already there's other things he's done. I think to to kind of get away from that. That's why I. I'm inclined not. He's done Broadleaf. He's done Cameroon. Right, right. So I, I wouldn't put him into that category. Um, Sam I don't know. Manuel. I, 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 I kind of like that. I mean, them with Cameroon, nobody really does it like they do. It's true. true. I, I'll, I'll st- you know what? I'll stick with Carlito on this one. I, I think there is a, a, it's that Carlito's way. That maybe it's not necessarily he does the same blend every time, or he's not like, you know, overly obsessed with camera like Eric is. Eric Espinosa loves Habano, Carlitos. But there's something about these the, the intangible. It's like Carlitos' way that um, you know. But but the one cigar that's very different in the but this was Carlitos' father that blended it was um, Casa Cuba. That's cool. But that was Car- yeah. but that was his father who did that. You know that that's that's a very unlike Carlito blend. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll keep Carlito in there as my yeah, the Casa Cuba was one that it, it took me a little while to grow, to grow to like, to be honest. Yeah, it, it was, it, it's that cigar had a, a very unique flavor profile, it almost had like a barbecue type of sweetness to it. Um, and it took a while for me to get used to it. Yeah, it was a departure, that's for sure. Yeah, so. Mine is actually one of the ones I'm smoking tonight. Uh, Skip Martin from Romacraft. I, I was thinking about him as well. So, you know, Skip calls him, you know, the reason I, and the reason why I picked Skip is this is like, Skip's very known for saying like, if he doesn't like it, he's not going to make it. He makes cigars that he likes. Steve's a lot like that too. Um, although Steve Sockus has said like, if you make a cigar that, you know, only you like, or that it, you, no one else will like it basically. So, um, but there, okay. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say the so like I mean Skip has done a lot of different things. You know, with the Baca project with Cameroon, you know, he uses Broadleaf in the Crow Magnon, but like, like his the the Manbaco, you know, phrase that he's kind of tagged onto his cigars. They all kind of have that that boldness to it. Like even like the Intemperance EC like has a boldness to it. Like there, there's and, one he got away from. There's one he got away from it. Which is why I didn't answer. Where's that? Wonderlust. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's, yeah, but I don't. I don't necessarily count that. I agree. That's 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 
That was made for a very specific Correct. market. So I bought every Wonderless I bought has been in the U.S. Though I know what yeah, you're saying yeah, yeah. it wasn't I, made for I the get market. It. Yeah, it's yeah. not supposed to be here. That's yeah. the point. It was made for the European market, mainly Germany. It was a good which, cigar. Oh, it's, it's a good cigar. I love it. Yeah, I, I love it too. But he but did I get away. It is. It is definitely different from the rest of the portfolio. But yeah. it was blended for a specific type of palate. You know I agree. Yeah. Yep. So, but I, I, I love your pick. I definitely love your pick, Barry. Because, like, literally, yeah. they, they make nothing that I don't like. There's not. I love all their lines, and there's not many companies that I can say that about. Right. Honestly, I, I can't. I can't even say that about Tatawahite, to be honest. You know, but, but everything that Skip has done, I've really, really liked it. So that is a great answer. I love that answer. Yeah, I just think about like like I'm really anxious to see this project that he's doing with uh, Ernesto Perez Carrillo Jr. Like that'll probably be the biggest departure, with the exception of the Wonderlust that he's done. But that's a collaboration. Like so, like I just wouldn't want Skip to like I I I'm, could he do it? Could he depart from like his standard status quo? Absolutely. Like I think he absolutely could. I just, I just not sure I would want him to like, that's, that was kind of the basis of my question. Like, I, I, I just don't think I would want him to, cause I, I, I've just come to, I guess, expect a certain kind of profile, right. A signature, if you will. From yeah. Him. And, and it's good. Like, like you, Ben, I agree. I, I there's not a cigar in his line that I don't like, um, uh, yeah. Um, you know, the Don Bosco notwithstanding being the weakest one, I think. But I mean, like something has like, to rank at the bottom. Something has yeah, to rank at the bottom. And Don so, Bosco ranked at the at the bottom. That was kind of like, yeah, that's how I look at that one. Like, yeah. well, like here's two two different cigar makers that have two different signatures that I both really enjoy. And I would want I would not I would want neither of them to go into these their realms. And that's George Rico with the Grand Habano who's known for that Peruvian Colombian. He loves using Colombian tobacco, that floral note that Cope just loves, um, you know, and I love that about Gran Habano cigars. I love that signature that he has. I think it's, I, I dig a lot of that stuff, but like, I wouldn't like, I just don't know what, what a cigar with Colombian and Peruvian tobacco would taste like from Skip. Like, I don't know what he would do with that floral component. Could he do something with it? I'm sure. Yeah. I, I, he's an accomplished blender, but like, I'm just not sure I'd want him to. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, that would be something that would probably fit in like the intemperance line or something. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 I know what you're saying because, okay. So I've known Skip for a very, very long time, way before Roma craft. Right. Mm -hmm. And, like I said, when we would play Call of Duty, we would always smoke this cigar. And then another one he would smoke all the time that I never really cared for was the Jorge Nicaragua Dark Rojo. I, I've never liked that. It's it's just strong. Really? A little bit too bitter for me. I didn't like it. He loved it. So that coupled with, this is a story time here. We were at, this is, like I said, before, before Romacraft, we were at a general cigar trip. And they were allowing us to blend our own cigar. And he is behind me with, um, with that. We, we were each assigned a roller to help us out. 
And I remember he was trying to do a blend. I, and I would just remember I was laughing so hard. I almost could catch my breath. Cause all I could hear behind me was he was telling the guy, mucho lajero, mucho lajero <laughs> over and over again. And the guy was like, no, no, too much, too much. He's like, no, 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 mucho lajero, mucho lajero. <laughs> he basically wanted the whole thing to be lajero. So like I knew I, when he came out with the original Chrome Magnet, I knew exactly what that was going to be like, you know. <laughs> and it was true. Like I figured it would be a bastard child between this cigar and the Dark Crow mixed together, maybe even stronger. And that's what it came out to be. Yeah. And it, to me, it was a freaking home run. But everything like that, like you talked about, man, tobacco and, and testosterone. You know, that's in every, <laughs> every cigar, every yeah. cigar, like he doesn't really make, um, a true medium bodied, even his medium bodied stuff, you know, like the interprets EC line, it's still got a little bit of pop to it. Right. You know, yeah. the whiskey yeah. rebellion, the whiskey rebellion is kind of the same way. I freaking love them. I'm more of a medium bodied smoker too, but man, the only one that I, I, I can sometimes is, is a little hit or miss with me. It's a Neanderthal line. I like some I told us, some I don't because it's it's just too strong. It's it's too potent for me. So, some of those I told us don't hit me, yeah. Yeah, like oh, the Corona gosh. Gorda in the in the Neanderthal. The JCF. Yeah. I like the original A ten. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And you talk about aging. Well, I whenever he came out with the Neanderthal in the beginning, I bought a box because he comes out with something. I got to support my buddy, so I buy a box. So I bought a box of those. I smoked a couple. I'm like, holy shit, this is not this is not for me. It's it's just too strong, too earthy, too much, too much power. And I set them set them aside. A couple of years later, and they just been sitting in my humidor. When I'm living in Tallahassee, my friend brought them into his cigar shop. And I didn't buy any because that just wasn't for me. It wasn't my style for my palate. But, man, those guys were just ripping through those, all the customers. One in particular, he would he would smoke one back-to-back. I was like, holy shit, dude, you're going to die. <laughs> so, anyway, we he runs out. And the new shipment had come in. I'm like, oh, it's okay, dude. I got some I got some in my box, in my home in a box. I'll bring you a couple. So, I bring it, I'm bringing you like a five, five of them, right? And by this time, I've been kind of giving them out to friends that like strong stuff. I'm like, here, try this. Here, try this. So I probably had 13 left in the box. And he smokes like, oh, my God. Man, this one is so much better than the ones we got at the shop. I said, well, hell, those are probably five years old. <laughs> and he's like, go on and on and on about it. I'm like, the hell? I said, okay, when I get home, I got to go. smoke one of these. Dude, they aged so awesomely. Mm -hmm. One of the best agings I've ever done on a cigar. Like they, they got rid of that to me, that, that strong, like just strong power that they had and they smoothed out and became, yeah. uh, it's still, still full body, full flavor, full strength, but they just developed a smoothness. That was freaking amazing. I, I, I was just blown away. I was like, holy shit, I wish I would have never given these away now. And that gave away yeah. half the box. But even that that cigar, which is when it's fresh, is not for me. But man, I could not get enough of uh, my age. But I went through them super quick until we got, we, we were sent a bundle of those Corona Gordas. Man, fresh, the Corona Gordas fresh to me were like really freaking good. Those are the anthropologies. Yes. Yes, exactly yep. what it is. Yep. It was, yep. Oh my God, it was awesome. Love so those. I, I got a trivia question for you guys. Let's see if you guys remember. 
What was the original name of the Cro-Magnon cigar? Adrian's. Yep. Adrian's Cro-Magnon. That's what it was called originally. Yeah. And that was why, you why guys. Uh, that's Mike's son. That's named after Mike's son. That was well, the original Mike, name of Mike's uh, company. cigar company. Mm-hmm. He had Adri- yeah, Adrian's Costa Rican cigars. Right. And then my, that was kind of like a distribution company that Mike had. He was, someone was making them in Costa Rica. And then they put Adrian's Cro-Magnon. Remember, you only could buy Adrian's Cro-Magnon was a direct-to-consumer cigar at the time. And then they decided to form uh, a company, and uh, you know they took it to brick and mortar after that. But yeah, it was Adrian's Cro-Magnon. I think people forget that. Yeah. Yep, good, good, I, that, good. Uh, yeah, I just think those, that's when you think about people like going away from their their signature and stuff that's the the one that i wouldn't want to do yeah i I mean could he do it like i think all the people we've talked about could do it and right do it well just just necessarily wouldn't want him to yeah i I know what it would be go ahead Aaron. what's that i know who what's your answer i think i know what it's going to be but what's that nick malilo (laughs) <laughs> don't, just don't don't mess the high clear castle with as long as he doesn't mess that get off that that um that's a great although you know he's i i just love everything he, he's put out for the most part um the omex fantastic but i mean as you guys know i mean i smoke the high clear every fucking morning but yeah i mean the ct he's great yeah outstanding all right well we have a few more questions tonight guys i really appreciate y'all being on uh tonight and i we're gonna wrap up uh coop's uh four course meal here in just a second as well too but uh before we kind of got into some of the later questions here wanted to uh, obviously there was some news this week uh besides tpe and pro cigar um the uh the folks behind me alec bradley were acquired by stg a story that uh, was broke by our good friend, Mr. Will Cooper there. So good job, Coop. On he beat great- C8 in a story, by the way. I'm yeah. proud of that. <laughs> great, uh, great, uh, great, uh, great job on uh, reporting, especially since you probably did it on some, some tin can Wi-Fi connection in the DR. So good job. I did it at Manuel Casada's factory. And honestly, I never do this to get that out there. I just put the press release out there, which is, I rarely do that, as you know, but <laughs> it was so big. I didn't want to wait and, there was an opportunity to, to get that out there. That's awesome. It's a awesome job, Coop. Great job. Thank I you. wanted to, I wanted to congratulate you publicly on the show. That was a really great, really job. I know, you, I know you've been working on that story. So, uh, and when it came to, well, yeah, came to light and everything. Yeah, it was, like I said, this wasn't a secret, but I also didn't really buy into it either. Either. I mean, I was having my real doubts about it, but it wasn't something that, I think I told you guys this story. I'm, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it to you guys. I know, Bear, you were interviewing Alan Rubin, and I think I mentioned it to you that week. And I said, this rumor, I just want you to know this story is going around. Mm-hmm. You did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you listen back, if you go back to that interview that I had with Alan a few weeks ago, I mean, there wasn't there wasn't any, uh, there no. wasn't any inklings of it. Don't play poker with that guy, let me tell you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Because I listened to try to get anything out of that thing. And then I came out and I said, you know what? He's, he's a good poker player. Well, this thing is, is not true. So there's a, there's a life lesson. Don't play poker with yeah. Alan Rubin. <laughs> yeah. 
So in the spirit of that, uh, there's two other large companies that um, have, you know, have popped up in recent years and everything. Uh, one is, has made a pretty infamous uh, uh, acquisition and one and one's kind of been in the the background a little bit in fact it's split from its parent company and everything so i wanted to get a uh pull the panel here today does jay cortez who acquired oliva a few years ago or altidus make an acquisition in the next 18 months maybe not in the similar vein of alec bradley but maybe a smaller one maybe a larger one i don't know but i'm just uh, putting it to the panel next 18 months I'm going to say Altidus, no. Jay Cortez, yes, if I had to pick one. Okay. Um, Altidus, doesn't, Altidus hasn't made acquisitions in a long time. And if anything, I could still see Altidus possibly being sold off again. Oh. So historically, Altidus hasn't made many acquisitions over the years in a long time. So I was thinking about that. So it's a great question, Bear. And I was thinking as, you know, STG bought Alec Bradley, if you, as you look at it, Jay Cortez, and I agree with what Coop is saying, who, what organ, what manufacturer would be in that realm or ripe or however we want to describe it to be acquired or would be open to be bought? I mean, you talked about, you talked about Romacraft. Would he, would Skip sell? I think everyone could be bought. I think everyone, I think, I think, I I think people, no, but I think people have said that too. Like people have said that in the industry that like, you know, there's, there's a price, there's a price, you know, for everybody, you know? So um, we we know, we know that Skip was approached and he turned it down. So mm -hmm. probably on more than one occasion, to be honest. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a, you know, he's not vertically integrated. But I mean, he's got a pretty well-oiled, you know, asset in his company that would make it, you know, pretty acquisition friendly. So that's that's something there too. Um, you speak about like vertically integrated. You somebody like an Oscar, right? I mean, yeah, it's a pretty yeah, it's a pretty big operation. Um, you you kind of wonder like some of the details of the Alec Bradley uh, report, and Coop could probably go into more detail with this. But a lot of that has to do with the money. The money, a lot has to do with like debt versus asset acquisition coop you could probably shed a light a little bit more on it um you know what i mean it could someone like oscar who has you know you know he's leveraged pretty considerably i mean i don't know anything about his debt but i mean i mean he's got a vertical integration you know operation he's got plenty of farms he's got a factory you know he does his distribution i mean is there something that is that something that could be attractive to to one of these big buyers Sure it is. Um, you know, it's funny. Oscar's got, I think, more of the infrastructure piece than the brand piece, right? So he's got a factory. He, he owns a lot of farms. And if someone's looking to, like, expand their farming operation, um, Oscar will be a target. But from what I understand, and if someone wants to correct me as they can, Oscar acquired those farms from general. Mm-hmm. In Honduras, so I don't see Scandinavian going back and rebuying those again. Is what I'm saying. Um, but that's a bear. That's a really interesting question that you, you posed. If Alec Bradley went for 72 million, what does Oscar go for? And I don't see Oscar going for nearly as much. I just don't think he's got that type of distribution footprint. 
Um, but he definitely doesn't have the brand. He doesn't have the brand recognition, right? He doesn't have the brand recognition. It's not even. It's not even close. I, right. I, I, I mean, they're going to get mad at me for saying, I still think their marketing needs a lot of work, right? I mean, I'm constantly, they, they never, from a media standpoint, I'm constantly chasing them down to like promote their brand, it seems like. But, um, but they have the infrastructure. When you have the farms and the factory, that's a powerful component there. So, but, you know, like I said, it, it, it's an attractive it's an attractive thing. It's, it's an attractive piece of real estate to get, so to speak. Um, on Alec Bradley's end, um, they, um, they have a very strong brand presence. Uh, you know, STG um, was a big customer. And I think it's been pointed out that Placentia, you know, STG owns parts of Placentia, who is making some of the Alec Bradley cigars anyway. But, you know, the big comparison I've heard and I think everyone's completely wrong on this, right? I keep hearing this compared to the Matt Boots acquisition. This is not the same thing. Okay? Oh, God, no. close. Yeah, this is Nowhere not the – And I'm not saying anyone, no one here did, but I'm just saying – And, Bear, you hit it because this was a acquisition lock, stock, and barrel. And, you know, if Alex Riley has any depth and basically STGs, assuming, you know, those things, uh, Matt Boots was like, hey, uh, you can buy my trademarks and my cigar brands and uh, get a job. But he, but he still has a room one on one company for his jewelry. Right. So so that that was really what that. And was. yeah. And spirits and anything else he wants to do with the brand. He's yeah, still yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um, but this is the other thing. Here's the other thing that's interesting. The two other big acquisitions over the past 10 years have been like this was Swisher with Drew Estate. And Jay Cortez with Oliva. And in both of those cases, Swisher and Jay Cortez bought a premium cigar company that was a turnkey operation. That, in other words, instantly they had th- those, they basically um, had the core competencies of making premium cigars. In this case, with STG acquiring Alec Bradley, it's, it's, it's not quite the same thing. Um, this is more like the eye. Not quite like the idea. The idea one was more based on machine cigars, so I'm not going to count that. But this one was, like I said, STG doesn't need, STG already makes premium cigars. They don't need Alec Bradley to do that. I think this was more about the catalog presence, if anything, with this thing. I do too. I, I think yeah. when they, I think these, these, the STG purchases are basically based off of two things predicate blends and mm-hmm. brand marketing, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're mainly looking at. Like Room 101. That's a recognizable brand, so they could take, they could take existing blends and and slap Room One Room One Hundred One stuff on it, and sell it as Room One Hundred One, and people will recognize that very, yeah. very easily. Alec Bradley has a lot of predicate blends, a lot of them. So let me ask you. Okay, so maybe this is so off that I'm I'm totally talking out of my ass, but let's let me throw this name out there and see if they would it would even be up for acquisition, LFD. I know there's a price tag for everything, but if you go off of what you just said, Ben, if you just said everything you just went off of, LFD would fit that bill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Who said it? Ben, did you say it or Aaron? Everyone's got a price, right? Yeah. Bear said it. I said Bear it. Bear said it. I'm sorry. So I'm just saying in it. terms of what if you go off a predicate, you go off turnkey, you go off of uh, legacy, um, you know, legacy um, portfolio, the, everything else like that. I mean, and, and then think about LFD too. We've talked about their distribution issues. I mean, 
I mean, if they're willing to put the right price in from, they would, to me, that would make a lot of sense. You know, part of me is like saying that, you know, Lito, I just spent time with these guys too. Part of me is like, you know, Lito wouldn't sell. His sons are really doing a good job. But on the other hand, if someone gives Lito a $120 million check, right, is, you know, they may have a quick change of heart. With yeah. Well, yeah. maybe. Well, the same thing happened with Alec Bradley. I mean, the sons. Right. Were, That's what I was about so, to yeah, say. The sons yeah, the sons are involved. And- right. Right. Well, I mean, what you that, just said, Coop, you could apply to Alec Bradley too. I told you. Yeah, that's what I'm just saying. So there's, so that's what I'm saying. I could see them. I could see them. And then they don't forget they have the infrastructure piece. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm saying LFD is perfect. Is it is almost like a, a bigger Alec Bradley purchase? There was. They were for a while. They were rumored to be sold. Uh, but what was interesting was I heard Dave Garofalo's conspiracy theory show today. I was listening to him. And he had LFD being bought by La Aurora, which made no sense. To no me. way. It, it does not. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I just didn't see that. It just didn't make any sense to me with that. They, ha- they have the money. They just don't have it in cigars. Like the Garamo Leone Enterprise. Yeah, the exactly. Empire, the Empire has a lot more money. I mean, I mean, Garamo, the Leone family makes just as much on their tobacco for cigarettes. They're, they're actually they, tenfold over, to, over premium cigars. Yeah. They don't need LaFleur's factory. It's not big enough for them to really get anywhere. Yeah. Um, they really don't need the farms, although they could probably benefit from them. They have some farms. Maybe they can benefit from the farms. And I don't think they need the branding, to be honest with you. It's an interesting question. I um yeah. yeah, whenever this whenever this happens, it gets your it gets your wheels turning about like what's next? What's the next domino to fall and everything? Like who's gonna get it? Where's it going to go? Didn't you, didn't you say at one point, somebody mentioned it to me and I didn't realize, but whether it was on their mission statement or their, their, their forward thinking 10 K, whatever you want to call it, that, you know, STG is, is planning on making X amount of acquisitions over the next period of time. Right. So they're obviously in the acquisition mode. Right. So who fits under that idea? I mean, you're, you're not going to acquire a dapper. They're not going to acquire, um, you know, who take your pick, somebody smaller, like a boutique. I mean, that doesn't fit to me what they would look like from an acquisition well, standpoint. Well, I think it's just, Davidoff it depends it. on the, da- yeah, it d- depends. Yeah. Like Davidoff is a good, yeah, it fits it. But if they want to do yeah. something smaller, like a brand acquisition, I mean, like a room 101 kind of thing, a little bit smaller. I mean, like you think about brands that are pretty well established, um, that have, that are really attractive because of what they've built. Like in a smaller scale, you look at something like, like uh crux you know jre you know you know which one i think is ripe for stg to take over if he wants to sell and you're gonna you guys are gonna think i'm off my rocker rocky agonorsa (laughs) oh no 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 i don't think you're crazy And, and look i heard actually and i'm not gonna take credit for this one Barry on that conspiracy theory show, basically he, he didn't say STG would buy Agonos, but he thought Agonos would maybe be on the block. And I tell you what, it makes too much sense. First of all, they can probably benefit from the tops of factory because STG still is a small factory. Second of all, they can benefit from those farms. Mm-hmm. And third, they'll find a home for some of those brands in the catalog. To me, it would be an ideal acquisition for them. Well, and then J- think about they JFR the would make so much money for them. JFR would make JFR so would much make money. so much money. Right, that's what it was saying too. And they would control 
a lo- suddenly now SCG is going to have major control over tobacco. Yeah, plus they got again, they have a ton of predicate blends as well. Yeah. There you go, man. Yeah, exactly. And then they so have got- a, they have a stronger presence in Nicaragua and then they've got three they got the yeah. three countries sewn up. Yep. Honduras. Yeah, but Nicaragua they can still use a little Honduras is a huge operation. Yeah, it's huge. Uh-huh. Dominicans are a good one too. Yeah. They just they're they're plenty of expansions too. Yeah. So good it's question. interesting. This game's fun, you know. Um, yeah, it good questions. Makes for it makes for interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's here's some uh, an interesting question that's posed in the <laughs> chat by uh, you know um, by our good friend Mitch. Oh, Mitch. And I, and I just don't know. I just don't know. If you told me a year ago, I'd be like, no one's going to touch that shit. Um, but Gurkha, you know, from a predicate blend standpoint. You know, uh, Garofalo mentioned that one. Yeah, he mentioned that one on the show too. Supposedly, a couple years ago, STG was bidding on them when the whole Kaiser thing happened. Um, yeah, I don't know. How true I would have. Yeah. yeah, I would have. Absolutely. I don't know how true. I don't know how true that is, but that makes a lot of sense. Even because purely from predicate brand standpoint, uh, that's what that acquisition would be. Oh, about. that would have been a buy low, buy low. You know scenario mm-hmm. for them yeah. that's why i don't see it happening now because the buy low was two years ago and they couldn't get it done so why would it now all well, now they'll overpay for it they could have got it as steel back when those problems were happening yeah it's fun so who's got who has the stranger year in front of them the reuben family or matt booth rubens i think Booth. Okay. Yeah. I would think, well, because from the outside perspective, I don't want to say Booth doesn't have a home, but it, it seems like there's more to be determined from a Matt Booth of like what what's going to happen, what, what direction, what what role is he going to play, et cetera, than Brad, uh, the, the Alec Bradley piece. I mean, I that's kind of where I was going with that. Yeah. I got to believe that the, the, the Alec Bradley brand and and that's going to take some time um at least of trying to find roles or what they're going to do and what what how that whole thing shakes out because i mean you're not going to spend that kind of money and just say all right we, we got this. adios um my guess is they're going to be involved for a while whereas i don't like matt booth i, I don't really know i mean does he have a home per se i mean maybe, maybe he just goes back to focusing on jewelry and everything else oh i mean he'll he's basically bonner said he's just gonna be kind of like a band and bre- a brand ambassador. Right. Yeah, he's a yeah. Creative, creative director so, is the official title, but yeah, it's like a brand ambassador, kind of like what they did with they have with Sean Williams right. Cohiba, uh, what they had done uh, with like Rick and CAO and and uh, I, I yeah, I see the Rubens going on vacation the rest of the year, taking a year off, traveling the world. You know, Alex spending time with his new, you know, baby and stuff. Uh Bradley you know, doing his own thing and, and, you know, Alan and his wife doing their own thing. So I, 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 that's why I don't think it's a strange year. I kind of, it's Booth, it, it is like, well, what's Booth going to be working on now? You know, yeah, yeah. he's got some room on one projects, but that's why some of this other stuff, you know. Well, an extended person of the family too, Ralph Montero, uh, you know, he could just go to work still. He still goes to work every day in the factory, you know? Yeah, but I don't know what that, I'm assuming that sale bought him out too. He was a partner. 
Yeah, but I mean, if you're STG, I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, if the option was there and he was open to it, wouldn't would retain some of his services to keep some of that product True. consistent? You know, I would, I would. Yeah, but I don't know. That's gonna be. We'll see what happens when the deal gets closed. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Interesting stuff. It's a very good question. Yeah, it's a very good question. Okay. All right, gentlemen. Well, uh, before we get into the, though, actually, these are the last three questions of the night, or last three topics of the night. So, there's always we do a charity segment here on LS Food Mart Takes, and uh, we wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about two tonight, but one we've always. Uh, I whenever he's on the show, I always bring this one to light just because it's so important to him, and it's become important to me too. It's an, an amazing organization that raises awareness for something that just doesn't get talked about enough. Um, you know, I, it, and Coop, I found out recently. Um, um, unfortunately, a member of my church, uh, passed away, um, last week because, uh, do, and because of, because of, uh, going into septic, you know, failure, you know, while they were in the hospital being treated for something else. And, um, they were older. Um, so there, I mean, there was a lot long, a lot wrong with their health in general, but, uh, but, you know, unfortunately it was, uh, their body going, uh, into sepsis that, uh, that, and, you know, that, ultimately did them in and everything. So Sepsis Alliance, you know, this is an organization you've been, uh, you know, been championing for a long time and, and they've done some great work. They've, and you've helped to raise a lot of awareness about this. So uh, just wanted to talk about if there's any recent, uh, any recent work that you've been doing with them or that they've been doing that you wanted to, to share tonight. I wanted to give you the opportunity. Yep. And I'll give my quick 10,000 foot view of this. What, what sepsis is, is um, it's a condition um, where basically, you know, when, you're, when you get infection in the body, the body fights infection. But when a, an infection gets really into the body um, and sometimes into the bloodstream, the body goes into, the body fights it so hard that it starts short-circuiting itself. Um, and that's kind of what sepsis is right now. And a lot of times when you hear people like dying from complications of surgery, it's sepsis that, you know, the infection usually develops and then the body short circuits and it leads to some of the organs shutting down. Um, so sepsis is, is a curable condition. Um, I had it. I had a blood infection. Um, and But I probably would have avoided it had I known the signs the warning signs. So sepsis uh, Alliance has contributed to creating awareness and educating people on those, um, those warning signs. And they, they provide a wealth of educational material on that. Like I said, it's a very curable condition. So, um, and had I known some of those things, I probably would have uh, avoided my condition there. So uh, it's an organization, like I said, pretty much I've been right now, um, I do two things. I try to spread awareness of it wherever I can. And I do make a, I do make an annual financial contribution to them as well. So, um, and I, I believe very highly in them. Uh, what I ask is what I ask on every one of these shows is, is um, if you, I, I think if you want to give them a contribution, you like the materials you see out there, um, please do it. It's for a good cause. A lot of people in the scar industry have supported this. I know I've asked several times for it, but it is, is it important so they can keep educating people and making people aware of this? Uh, but if you if your means do not um, 
allow you to do that, what I would ask you to do is I would ask you to go to sepsis.org and just review some of the materials they have out there. Uh, educate yourself, refresh yourself if you've looked at them already, because, you know, you may be able to avoid a situation um, where, um, you know, you don't, you're not going to be in an ICU like I was. Now, I'll share something. I've never shared this on the air before, and, but you guys notice back in November, I, I was in a hospital again. Um, not so, and I did not have sepsis, but I had signs that, that I needed to get checked in a hospital. It turned out I didn't have it though. Um, but I, I played it safe than sorry is what I'm saying in this case. Um, and actually because there was a couple of signs that they were worried enough. They kept me in the hospital for a few days, as you guys know, I missed the last show. I think if you remember, I missed the, sh the last yeah. show with that. So uh, what I am saying is I played it safe and sorry. Um, and the doctor said you did the right thing, you know, I avoided it. And so definitely, you know, important to know these signs, especially, you know, this, you know, when you get an infection, you, you don't want to fool around with this stuff. So I babbled on that up, but it's sepsis.org. Um, and then bear, do we want to mention the offer again that like no one's taken us up on? Sure. Or no? Are we, are we done? Sure. So, Bear, why don't you why don't you mention? Because I I always okay. It's very simple. If you make a donation of fifty dollars, was it fifty dollars? Fifty dollars or more. Fifty dollars or more. You can you can get a box of cigars. Okay, from Bear and myself. We'll each give you a box of cigars of one of the El Oso Fumartes number one cigars of the year yeah. for fifty dollars. You and look, it's a you're gonna get a brand new box from each of us of this stuff. It's not like leftover in our humidor. It is the easiest fifty dollars will get you that the first the first um the first two people who do that. Yeah, uh, all you have to do is screenshot say, screenshot your donation, yeah. send it to us, yeah. DM it so, to me or Coop, and uh, and we'll get it done for you. Yeah, so get it done. Uh, no one's taking us up on it, and I'm shocked. Yeah. And like uh, like I said. I, Bear is doing one. And I'm matching it. It's so there'll be two of them. Is what I'm saying. It's, we're not going to mm -hmm. give two boxes to one person, but there'll be two people. Like if, if all you got to do is screenshot the fifty dollar donation to Septus, and we will make the arrangement. You can pick, um, pick one from the number one. So Espinosa Habano, number four, right? Christoph Vengeance, yeah. Uh, Perfecto, the EP Carrillo Encore Valientes, yep. um, the Rave, um, did. Dissident Rave. The La Barba uh, Ricochet Crew Mexisol, or yep. the most recent winner, which is the Espinosa. Don't, uh, no, don't Barbara. do that one. What, can we find those? <laughs> that's the cat. Yeah. That's, that's, well, that's if, we, if we have difficulty locating, we'll, we'll work with the person. We'll who work with them on it. Yeah. But, yeah. but the, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Espinosa Crema Box Press Toro is the, is the latest winner. So I, I still can't find the money yet. <laughs> but yeah, if you will, like I said, uh, we'll certainly work with you guys on that. So um, uh, we, we may know someone, but. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so just like I said, it's the easiest way. Fifty dollars will get you a brand new box of cigars, and uh, I haven't begged. I didn't want to beg for this, but it's it's a it's a it's an easy offer. Yeah. And, uh, it's a can, it's a layup. Can we uh, can we participate? Because I'm always looking for you know boxes. <laughs> <I know. laughs> for yeah, you're an eligible Aaron on this one. So okay. uh, yeah, but your donation is 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 appreciated. Um, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, so I mean, Pizza Mike, who's in the chat, you know. Um, you know, he unfortunately lost his father recently too, and uh, he and his father died of sepsis. He was. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah, he's pointed that sorry. out to us. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it, people don't realize it. It it it's a serious condition that takes a lot of lives. Um, 
So in some, yeah, so it is, it is a serious condition when I tell everybody. Yeah, it's very common. So, yeah. um, I did want to do another charity tonight because I think it's just really fun and, uh, it's really close. I really want it to happen. Um, so, uh, it's something that Abe the Babna is doing for the great smoke. Uh, they're trying to reach $10,000, a $10,000 donation for, um, the Boys and Girls Club of Broward County, another great cause. And if they hit the $10,000 mark, uh, they will uh, shave Bradley's mustache live on the stage at the Great Smoke. So I'm also putting that in the chat. So uh, if you want to donate to that, this is something that I'm a big I'm a big fan of because I've never been a fan of the stash. So I like uh, it. Uh, they're really close, man. They're at 8,700 plus, you know. I mean, they just need a few more donations to get it to 10K. If they get it to 10K, then they shave his mustache, the grain smoke in a few weeks. So, let's, and and that will be post acquisition. I think that's happening. You know, it's happening still, even so. Even though maybe post acquisition, yeah, probably still going to be going through with it. I believe so. I mean, I would. <laughs> he better. Yeah. He better. Only if they hit the 10K, though. You got to hit the 10K. Yeah, hit the 10K. That was the condition he put there. Great, uh, it's for great a great, it's for a great cause. It's for a great cause as well. Yeah. Hey Bear, what would what would we have to get to uh, charity wise to get the beard shaved? Uh, there's not a money limit, man. I won't do it. <laughs> uh everyone's got a price. Everyone's got a price, Bear. Everyone's got a price. It's a high mountain, but it's not for charity. That's going straight to me. So I guess. <laughs> um, it, if anyone wants, to, if anyone wants, yeah, let us know if there's enough interest in this. We will see. We can start a movement. I doubt people do it because I'm not doing it for charity. <laughs> it's the beard is staying, man. So my wife said she divorced me if I ever shaved it. So it's got to be it's got to be a hefty amount. <laughs> Ooh, so we can have a conversation. You know, the zookeepers fund, uh, you know, we made a nice donation to the oh, zoo. Okay. Now you want to go. You know, now we side. can work that one. Yeah. <laughs> we're uh, working. Work dangle on my wife. Nice. All right. So this uh, <laughs> last two segments here, guys. Our next segment is brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It could be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for Asylum Cigars. So light up an asylum and choose your refuge. Jumbo, you guys have asked, answered this question numerous times, so I wanted to change it up a little bit, but keeping it in within the theme of tonight of being odd or weird or strange. So... What is the oddest place that you have ever smoked a cigar? I'll answer it because I think I know my answer. Um, I know when I asked this question last time, it was kind of where do I take my asylum or something that was a little, and I said the, the, uh, out in the, uh, Arizona desert. Um, there's like a, a meteor crater park. Um, but I recently went up to Minneapolis on a cold winter Sunday morning. I stood on a street corner in Minneapolis where the Mary Tyler Moore statue was. And that's the iconic place where Mary Tyler Moore throws her hat up in the air um, on the opening credits. And I smoked a cigar on a street corner in Minneapolis where that exact hat tossing took place. And I don't think I think that's a, that is a weird place to smoke a cigar. So, especially when it's cold. It was it was cold. It wasn't bitter cold, but it was cold. I, I did it on Dece I did it in December. It was cold. I ain't gonna lie to you. Um, but I've always loved that scene since I was a kid, and I've always wanted to do that, and I did it. So, 
I did it. I got to do it. And people, um, I, I, I didn't get, I, you know, I hung around the statue and took pictures with her and everything. It was cool. So that, that, that's mine. That was, I did that in December and I had people knocking it, but Pete, I think Pete knocked it a bit, but he didn't understand the nostalgia effect. It was for me. So. Sean Miles stepping up to the plate, man. Dropping a beautiful donation to Sepsis Alliance. Sean, thank you so much. Yep, thank you. Such a supportive uh, individual of our shows um, and yep, supporting this cause that we talk about a great deal. Uh, and thank you. Thank yep. you, Sean. Thank you yep. very much. So, yep. Nice. All right. Uh, Aaron, for, for what's the... Uh, strangest place that you've uh, I, you know what i don't know i was thinking about I, I i don't know if this is that weird so you know we've all been in in cities that are not that cigar friendly and san francisco is one of them and i smoked a cigar at the golden gate bridge on it so i don't know if it's all that like weird or odd i don't have like a coop story of nostalgia but but you know, San Francisco has got like two cigar lounges, basically, not even so. And and I did it too. I did it too. Yep. Yeah, and so, yeah. Golden, yep. Golden Gate Bridge would probably be like the the something that uh that comes to mind. Um, it's not all that odd, um, but that's the best I can come up with. I I rack my brain on this and thinking like, where did I ever but what I will tell you, though, is this is not odd at all, and I'm not going to go on some diet long, long rant here, but it was weird. And I was in Vegas a couple weeks ago again for work, and I still find it weird because you can smoke. I mean, you can't smoke at the table, but you can literally walk down. I stayed at the Encore at the Wynn, and you can just sit anywhere in Vegas at a, at a hotel or, or in, a, in a hotel lobby, basically, and smoke a cigar. It's a weird feeling because you're not in a lounge. You're indoors. Um, you're not in an event or anything like that. You can just walk around and smoke cigars. It's great, but it's 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 a weird feeling because you think you're doing something. The whole time I'm thinking somebody's going to come up to me and tell me, "Sir, you got to put that thing out," and not the case. So it's not odd, but it was a, it's a still a, to me every time I go there and do that um, and and smoke indoors like that, uh, kind of free will. It's um, it's an odd feeling, but uh, it's not an odd place. Yeah, Vegas is weird like that. It's bizarre. Ben, what about you? Hmm. Well, I don't know if it's so much odd as it was kind of really cool. And I, I might have used this the last time we talked about something like this was, um, so my wife, son, and I were driving back from, so we were visited Albuquerque and Santa Fe, New Mexico. And we're we're driving back home to Dallas, and we get just south of Amarillo. Now, south of Amarillo is just freaking flat. It's just completely flat, and it's it's nothing but basically herds of cattle and nodding donkeys. Um, yeah, and, and like at a shit ton of windmills. Right, that's all you see out there. And we're driving through, and it, like I said, it's flat. It's really nothing to look at. And my wife says, hey, you want to make a little pit stop? I'm like, sure. I'll, I'll, basically, I was just thinking, I'd like to get out of the car and have a cigar, to be honest. And she's like, there's a canyon not too far from us. I said, a canyon? How the hell is there a canyon around here? Paladuro, baby. prairie. Paladuro. 
And let me tell you, it is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Literally, you're you're driving, we're we're heading to it, and it's just flat, flat, flat. And all of a sudden, you get to this this canyon. It looks like the Grand, a piece of the Grand Canyon. It's it's 17 miles long, and it's so crazy that we we basically drove down, and we we at the top of it they have a visitor center. It's a state park, and I basically we get out. You know, my wife went in there to go. My son went to go look around in the visitor center. There's a there's a cool like little store there, and <clears throat> while they're out, we we actually the reason we went to New Mexico was my son and his wife they were going to a the navy base in san diego where she was going to be stationed at and they they had a dog and they couldn't take the dog to live on on base housing so we went to meet them halfway because at the time they lived in lamora california they we bet halfway at albuquerque to pick up the dog and so it's like okay well you know it's a good spot let him out too you know let him play around and while they were in there we were just kind of hanging out um outside of the parking lot and the parking lot like this like a small little stone wall and i went out there and i sat down and i lit up a chromagnet aquatane just looking over this wall down into this canyon and it's just so beautiful and, and when i'm when you look at right from the visitor center they have um this rock formation they call it the spanish sisters because it looks like um the old Spanish dresses, the multicolored layered Spanish dresses, because it it was it's a it's a rock formation. It's like I guess three of them that kind of slope down, and each and it's each part of it is a different layer of 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 the rock of the different geological times. The, the basically the earth has been around, and all those different geological times has a different color right so it's it's they call it the spanish sisters and it's just amazing and i'm looking down through this thing and i'm actually looking down the into the in the canyon and i'm looking at the back of buzzards that are just sitting there circling around in the wind having this cigar and i just it was like just so cool to look at this and you know it's kind of like nice cool weather like mid-60s and as we we ended up driving down, it took us about 30 to 40 minutes to drive down the road to get to the bottom. We got to the bottom, it was like almost 90 degrees at the bottom. It was just crazy the temperature change. And uh anyways, it's just it's just a really absolutely beautiful place that you would never expect it to be in Texas. I mean, literally, it just it's just flat prairie king in the middle of nowhere. It's just crazy. And it's, it was just beautiful. And it was just like like a really cool moment sitting there having that cigar, just looking down this canyon. It was just really, really cool. Awesome. So that's the only thing I could I, I could think up of, like, in, you know, I mean, I've smoked cigars all over the place, but nothing besides that really stood out as like an oddball place or anything like that. But that would that was that was my pick that I was going with. Yeah, Paladero is beautiful. <laughs> Mine is, uh, mine's a little strange. So when I first started smoking cigars, I was, uh, I mean, I was an adult, um, but, um, was still under, you know, you know, I still lived at home in between college and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, I was kind of doing something wrong, but not really. I knew if my 
parents ever caught me, it would be fine because I was like, well, I'm an adult. I can do what I want for the most part, you know. But um, my brother and I would actually, we would used to smoke cigars. Uh, our favorite place to go was our elementary school uh, jungle gym. We would <laughs> we'd sit on our old jungle gym late at night and smoke cigars. And that's what we used to do. So nice. <laughs> it's a little strange, but, you know, for an 18, 19 year old kid, it was, it was a little, little piece of heaven. So two guys who didn't know what they were doing, but we enjoyed some cigars and good conversation. So that's where it, uh, that was my favorite. That was my favorite place. So, or, and, and weird, <laughs> strange. So awesome. Coop, what was the last dish? Ate your four course meal. And Coop might be asleep. No problem. Well, while Coop takes a break here, let me go ahead and just wrap up my comparison here. Uh, so I smoked the the the, uh, the black Irish and the green hornet side by side. Essentially, I just put the green hornet down and wrapping up the black Irish. Uh, both cigars are really incredible. I still love both of them. Um, they are quite different. Um, the black Irish is just kind of has this really great balance. The intensity is not as strong as it is with the green Hornet. The green Hornet has a lot more intensity strength all the way to the end, especially with the age that's been put on this black, this black Irish specifically, it's been a year. Uh, the edges have really rounded out. It's a really complex and nuanced blend. Uh, the candela really balances nicely off the, the broadleaf wrapper, uh, the uh, Cameroon binder and Nicaraguan fillers really good. So um, really enjoyed both of them. Um, but two very different experiences. I thought they were pretty similar cigars, kind of if you thought, if I thought about them separately. Um, but uh, smoking them together tonight, uh, realizing something a little bit different. So, so Coop, what was the last uh, dish in your four-course meal tonight? Yep, sorry about that. I had to jump away for a second. But uh, it is a sandwich. Uh, this is a quarter of a sandwich because there's no way I can eat a full sandwich. Uh, this is pastrami and brisket um, on rye with just a little mustard. Um, and this is a very thick sandwich, uh, as you can see. Um, they do brisket right on uh, at, at this place. I've had it before. So I'm going to have a quarter of a sandwich. Uh, I had a quarter of a sandwich uh, uh, put away, and I have the half, so I have three quarters still here. So what were the two uh, things? So the, you hadn't had the matzo ball soup from this place yet. What else had you not I, had? The knish? I, I had the cabbage. The cabbage. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So how did the cabbage stack up amongst other cabbages that you've had before? Fantastic. That cabbage was incredible. It was a, uh, the, the meat was really flavorful and tender in it. Um, it didn't, they didn't put too much rice in it. Like sometimes they overload it with the rice. Uh, the, the gravy, the tomato gravy on it was perfect. Um, it had some chunks of tomato on it, which I like too. Uh, and the cabbage, uh, the cabbage also wasn't too chewy. So it was really, really good. Was that the highlight tonight for you? Definitely the highlight. Yeah. Okay. Definitely the, the knish had been sitting a little. Um, I didn't want to put that one in the microwave. So I had the knish cold. Uh, it's better hot to be honest with you, but um, it would, it wouldn't come out right in the microwave. So that was, but I think that would have been very good. Uh, had, had I eaten it fresh. Awesome. Yep. Terrific. All right, gentlemen, time has come. It is the last question of the night, and that is always our Dunbar and Tobacco and Trust curveball segment. Fastballs or curveballs, it doesn't matter since the company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking it out of the park. Count them up, boys. 
eight consecutive years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Steve Saka. So here it is, gentlemen. We're all on the panel. Aaron kind of asked a little bit of a close question earlier. I thought he was going to ruin it for me, but here it is. Who on the coalition, so out of the four of us, would you want to blend a cigar? And who do you think would bet and blend the best cigar out of the four of us? And you can't pick yourself. So it's one <laughs> of the other three. Oh, you're really making this one tough, man. <laughs> I'll go first. You know what? Um, look, that's that's not fair because it, it's hard because I'm sure you guys would all do well. I, I'm just going to say you bear because I know that you've thought about it before. You have talked about it. You and I have talked about it offline a couple of times about maybe doing something along the charity route or, you know, doing something in terms of putting something together that you probably thought out a little bit. Um I think everybody's palates, while we all differ a little bit, I think that it's it's very rare that all three of us that we don't agree in in some form or fashion. Like, yeah, I know you know Coop's got the six sixty and the different bitolas, but in terms of flavor profiles and what we kind of like, I think we're we're more similar than we are different. But since you put some thought into it and kind of what you would like to do and what you have kind of envisioned. Uh, I'll go with you, Bear. Well, thank you. That's very humbling. Ben. Hmm. That's that's tough. <clears throat> I mean, probably... I'd probably go with you, Bear, but I mean, is, I think Coot would do really good with it too. But I think our palettes are closer to line, I think. So that's probably, yeah, that's probably what I'd go. Well, not expecting that. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Coop. <laughs> It's like you're asking me to pick one of my children here. Um, <laughs> I, know, I mean, it was, it's such a, it's like a, you don't get picked. Like I could pick any one of you guys. I think you do a good job. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna go bear as well. Shit! Wow. Okay. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here, here, okay. Here's the thing. So, so bear and I, when we disagree, we disagree. But I think we agree more. And when we agree more, we're, we're usually on the same page with this stuff. Um. So. I mean, I would say, you know, you would all do a great job. Um, but, yeah, um, I'll probably go Bear as well. Wow. This was not meant to be a celebration for me, but, wow, this is very humbling, guys. Thank you. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I, I, I tell you, I've, I've actually blended my own cigar seven times, and they've all been shit. That's what I was going to say. You don't want mine. I'm not. Yeah. You guys, it's, you guys, yeah. It's the only one that was that was pretty decent was the last one I did at Drew Estate and it's because I cheated my ass off because I just peppered Willie Herrero questions. Nice. <laughs> it's like, this one? No, 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 not that one. Dude, <laughs> that one. Okay, I'll I, this, this? Okay. What was the wrapper on that last one, Ben? Do you remember? Um. Yeah, it was the um, I believe that wrapper was the 
the T fifty two wrapper, the salt Carolina. That's what I would go for if I was, ever had the opportunity at Drew Estate. That's the that's the exact wrapper that I would go with. Yeah, because what I would always do before, and I was I was I was going with the Liga Nine wrapper, and the binder was the T fifty two wrapper, and it it never came out. It tasted like shit. It always did, and I could never figure out what if, if you know what was that, or maybe the the fillers that I picked. Because what I would, because Coop, you've done this a lot too. When we would you they would they would roll these little fumas, and you could try them each individual. I'm like, oh, that's really good, and you know you you could take the 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 fillers and kind of put them together and smoke them together, and like, okay, okay, I kind of like that, you know. But then you got to figure out, okay, do I want a half a leaf, a whole leaf? You know, do I want you know the Seiko Viso or Lajero or what we don't want because they, they have like twenty different leaves for you to pick from, and it's a little overwhelming, you know. But I got you know, like I said, I cheated, so I got I got Willie to help me with the basically most of the, the most of the filler, and then we talked about basically we swapped. I, it, I remember we did swap it because it was the T fifty two wrapper Liga nine as a binder. I don't remember what the filler was. I have it all on my desk because they give us these these sheets. Right. And you you check it off and write in what you want and all that. So I have it upstairs, but I don't remember. But that one and even that one wasn't that great. You know, like I wouldn't buy a box of that shit. But it was pretty good. <laughs> like, you know, like I would like you they they make you a bundle. Like I, you know, I still have a few of them left. And then I I I've, I've blended some, and, and Coop was there for that too. We blended some at General, and we did some at Hoya. My Hoya ones were a lot were a lot better because the, they the, it's not so many tobaccos. It was a it was a lot smaller tobacco. But like we did the one at General, you know, we we came up with basically the 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 binder and the filler, and it was actually I came up with a pretty good blend. Again, Skip was there kind of helped a little bit but they didn't tell us until the very end Mucho that later. our wrapper was going to be the macanudo gold wrapper and like, I, blended a, I, I blended a strong cigar so it was like it was like what the fuck man like i i was like i i'm not even gonna bother with this so yeah it was like bad i just did one at hoya again and i I literally took my same blend from last time and changed one one component in the filler because I thought it was the, the one I had did prior to it. I still had the blend sheet. And I had a I had a feeling we were going to do it again, um, and it was probably the closest thing I ever liked. So I changed one thing. I haven't smoked the tweaked blend yet though because I'm letting it sit. But uh, I'll send it to you guys and see what you guys think how bad it is. <laughs> but yeah, Ben, I was on that trip with you, that general trip when we did that with the Macadero rapper. I remember that. Yeah. Oh my God, was that god awful? Yeah. I don't <laughs> think any of us liked our blend because, like I said, they didn't tell us what the hell the rapper was until the end when we're done blending. And, which I, like, I did, yeah, I didn't understand that either. Why they did that? But they did it. Yeah, I did want um, to. I did want to Davidoff. Uh, but they had the they had they did the they pre chose the blends for you, but they gave you a number of blends that you could choose from. Um, yeah, it was kind of like a matrix. I remember. Yeah, yeah I, I did that too when I went on that trip, but that I kind of didn't count that one because it was almost like 
preloaded. You know? yeah, yeah, well, they knew, they knew you weren't going to make a shit cigar essentially, so you got yeah. to roll yeah. your bl- you got to roll your blend, which I did a tor- terrible job. I almost cut my finger off. That was nice with the Chevette. Uh, and then, but they, I have a, I had the box of them uh, made, and it actually came out pretty good. The blend came out really good. So, um, uh, my my choice is interesting on this. I think I think I I had Ben as the front runner just because I know you've been to a number of these things, and you've been smoking longer than all of us. I've been smoking longer than Coop. He's just smoked more than me. Um, I think Aaron smokes more than me now. Um, but my, I, I had Ben as a front runner, but I would really like to, Aaron, I would really like to see what you could do. And I'll tell you a story, right? You know, Ben was talking about Drew Estate. And, uh, I remember, uh, uh, some guys from Michael's went down on Safari. I didn't go. And they did that. They did that blending. They could blend their own cigar. And Mike came back with one that I thought was really fantastic. But another gentleman, uh, who's a patron of Michael's for years, uh, love this guy. His name's Jason Ansley. Uh, one of my favorite people that I've ever met. Uh, just love that guy. He blended a cigar. And I remember my general manager at the time, Tracy Spence said, Hey, you got to smoke this. It's the fucking craziest thing ever. And I was like, is it good? He's like, I didn't say it was good. It's just fucking crazy. And like, and I asked what Jason's, I asked Jason what his approach was. He's like, man, I just grabbed a bunch of shit of everything that he liked and he put it together. And I, I, he wasn't kidding when I, I lit that up. I smoked that cigar and I swear to God, it was like the weirdest roller coaster ride of shit like that I've ever been on. And it wasn't bad. It was just like, like you thought the cigar was going to go left, then it went right, then it went strong, then it went soft. And it was just, it was crazy. It was a absolute roller coaster. And I just remember just how interesting that was. And Anna, you know, with your, uh, your, uh, I guess, uh, inexperience, I think you would probably do something like that. And I would be interested. I'd be really interested to smoke it just because I think it'd be, I think it, I think it would be crazy. And I think it would go all over the place. And I think I would, I would love that experience again, but, but to see it from your perspective. And that's why I would, that's why I'd want to see what your cigar would be. It so. probably tastes like shit, just like everybody else's. But thank you. <laughs> I don't know, man, because there there is something to that. Like, I know, like when me and Coop did it, we, you know, we we would have a tendency to overthink shit. Right, right. Yeah. So I, I, I can see that. That would I can see it. I can see it as well. I can absolutely see it for the same reason, Ben. I over-engineer it, and then it just comes out. I'm sure we'll have an opportunity, you know, in the future where we'll maybe do one another one of these trips maybe and get a chance to do that then i'll tell you the so a lot of these trips we did do this blend so like drew estate they make the cigar for you whatever but like it and we've gone to general a couple of times and we was able to do that we're actually when we went to the general trip we did everything we we rolled we bunched rolled you know put them in the press everything even put the bands on cellophane them, and boxed them now one thing, and I've I've rolled several, several times. I've had a roll, and they've always looked like a freaking dog turd every time. Yo, I, know, I know, I know, and whatever. And my biggest, and it wasn't until our last trip down to the Dominican with General that I was I made a decent looking cigar, and because my biggest problem with it was is when you're when you're rolling it right. You gotta. It's basically getting the wrapper and pulling it tight while you I, do the so roll, it, right? So it looks, yeah, right. Well, my my fear was I was always scared I was going to rip the wrapper, like I was going to pull too hard and rip it. And I remember the last guy that I was with, he was like, 
no, pull harder, pull harder. I'm like, no, it's I'm gonna rip it. He's like, no, pull harder. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna rip this. I'm gonna rip it. We're gonna ruin the cigar. He's like, no, pull harder. I said, fuck it, okay. You know, pulled real hard and rolled it, and it came out great. Like it, it's a lot more pliable and stronger than you think it would be. Yeah, because yeah. we have no experience. So I did it where I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna show this thug. I'm gonna I'm gonna rip this thing. And I, when I did it, it dude, it was it was it, it came out beautiful. And then after I did, kept doing that, and I made a whole like it was. We had to do, do ten of them, and they all look amazing. They like all look de- like they didn't look like some shit you were gonna buy that from a real Torcedor or something in a, in a box on a shelf. But it looked pretty freaking good. Like it looked pretty decent. But that was the biggest thing, and the hardest part is putting the damn cap on for me. Oh, yeah, the cap difficult. is a pain Jesus. in the ass. Oh but you my know, God. that banding wasn't easy either. On that solo, that that on the really is. It, I said when you do it, you have a whole new appreciation for these artists. Yep, you they totally are do. Freaking artist. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's a it's a really amazing skill that these people have. So when you when you have to do it yourself and you go and light up a cigar, you have a whole different perspective of that cigar. Then you really do. It's a really cool thing to try out. Hopefully, we'll get to do this soon. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time this evening. I uh, hope you guys had fun as we kind of, you know, got a little fun tonight. Uh, then yeah, we're great. Roundtables, round uh, weirder questions, odd questions, and uh, talked a little cigars as well. We had a great little fun, and uh, it's always a good time getting together with the coalition, and it'll be a good time getting to see you guys here in a couple of weeks as well. So, uh, well, for everyone out there, I appreciate our audience as well tuning in, staying up with us late as always. Appreciate all the likes, shares, and comments. Uh, Sean, uh, Miles, thank you so much for your yeah. uh, very generous donation to Sepsis Alliance. So thank you. He's got to get us all boxes he wants. Yeah, he's he, he did two. He, he did. He gets both. Yeah, he gets both. He, he, he gets both. He did double done. So thank you, Sean. Yeah, we'll be in, uh, get in touch with us with the box, and we'll make sure we make that happen. So if you are tuning in late or if you're tuning in later, if you check out our YouTube channel, LS Fumar, you can always check out our Facebook page, LS Fumar, as well, for a calendar of upcoming guests. Uh, we're going to have some fun uh, guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. Howard Gums from Howard G. Cigars makes a return to LS Fumar Takes. Ken Hamlin, the arrival, also being guest, uh, will be a guest as well. well and, saw him. Uh, I saw him, by the way. He's looking forward to the show. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, it'll be great to talk to Ken uh, just about his uh, his journey through cigars, the creation of the arrival, and uh, and just really looking forward to, to speaking with him. So it'll be a great show. Great shows coming up. Uh, the Great Smoke coming up as well next month will be that. I'll be taking that week off uh, from this show, but we'll be uh, hanging out together and smoking some great cigars and having some times with some great people. So uh, for everyone out there, guys, this was our 242nd take. Uh, really appreciate everyone's uh, shares, comments, and everything. If you're a subscriber, be sure to unsubscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be, be sure to hit resubscribe. That really helps my my you know helps my numbers, so I can get great guests like the three gentlemen that we have on tonight as many times as I want. So uh, you can tune in on podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to download, subscribe, and review. Hit the subscribe button on Los Fumar on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, For everyone out there, this was our 242nd take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azle, Texas. He's Ben Lee. 
He's Aaron Nielsen, and he's Cigar Coop, Mr. William Cooper. I'm Barry Duplessis. Guess what, everybody? We'll see you next time. Take care.